Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 13th episode of uh, this uh, uh, second season of One for One. A a very special episode today. Um, You'll find out why in only a few moments, but uh, I'm, I'm Nolan Schumann. Oh my god, did I even say one for one? I don't think I did. Oh my Jesus Christ. This is the 13th episode of the second season of one for one. I should just start saying new episode one for one. What is wrong with me? This is my own personal hell where I'm rambling. I'm, I'm, I I have thoughts coming out of my head. My name is Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host Miles Fuchs. Miles, how are you? Um, good. How are, how are you? How are you? I'm dealing with an existential crisis. Yeah, yeah. I was concerned for a minute there. I, I didn't know if I should say something or if I should let you figure it out. But I'm glad that you did, Nolan, because that means that we are ready uh, to, to do another ep of the pod. Season 2, episode 13. We are excited to do so. Gave a little bit of a teaser there, Nolan. It's going to be a big one today. It is. We're kind of cutting to the chase and we're just and we're we're telling people what's going on. And you know what's going on, everybody? It's the return of a segment that we got in a lot of really great feedback on. We're bringing back State of the Union today. State of the Union 2, Episode 1, The Union Strikes Back. The Union Fees Are Due. The Union Fees Are Due. Both <laughs> of those are great working titles. Um, uh, You had a good title last week, Nolan. And speaking of last week, there was uh, something I wanted to talk about last week because it was a little more topical, uh, but it's still something that's fun to discuss. Um, Last week was the return of the Spotify wrapped. I always always get a kick. Man, I always get a kick out of of people posting their Spotify wrapped and and their Apple Music replays and whatever branded streaming services recap you have because i like i like that shit i like seeing what people are into and there's it's always kind of fun to check out different artists that maybe you've never heard of you're like oh that was that person's most listened to like i've never even heard of them like i should check it out and maybe you find a hidden gem and you're and you're pumped about it and maybe you maybe you see somebody's spotify rap and you're like oh they listen to the same shit i do like didn't know that hey homie how's it going and make a make a new friend or am i being am i being a little bit too naive no, I I think what you're deciding to do, Miles, is you're looking at it the optimistic ostrich way. I'm just this angry mid twenties old man, yeah, elitist, yeah. Uh, 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 angry white male is what I am. I really I really fit in that demographic. Holy shit, be careful. <laughs> Once again, we're we're stepping on the we're stepping over the line. Um, I always get a kick out of uh, of talking to to folks and seeing their their Spotify wraps and whatnot, like uh, and whatnot. But Nolan, as fun as that is, I thought that it might be a nice opening segment here to to discuss ours in a no in a no bars hold way um, and and let you lay into me a little bit for what I have. So for those of you at home, uh, I I am an Apple Apple Music Apple Podcast guy. Nolan is a Spotify play like. Spotify. Um, this is, this podcast? is gonna. This is, uh, oh oh for for podcasts. Oh, I I'm actually mainly an Apple guy, but I post to the um I post to the Instagram with my Spotify or with a Spotify account. I just yeah. like it looks cooler, I guess. If that makes it, sense, uh, I do agree. I I appreciate the aesthetics of it, but regardless, you're a fucking title boy for music, eh? <laughs> 
That just uh, adds to my elitist attitude. Yeah, such a nerd. So anyway, um, without further ado, Nolan, um, here's my Apple Music replay. And and feel free to to go ahead and, and say what you need to say in, uh, in the words of John Mayer. You've listened to 1,087 different artists so far this year. Here are your current favorites. Let's start with number five, Kanye West for 20 hours. Number four, Lauv for 21 hours. Number three, big jump here, Taylor Swift for 54 hours. <laughs> Sad. Uh, number two, Morgan Wallen for 59 hours. <laughs> oh, problematic. <laughs> and number one, who is even slightly surprised, Laney with 80 hours. Holy Eight shit. hours. One, check on your strong friends. Two, that's an entire paycheck dedicated to listening to that band. Like, I paid my mortgage, my car bill, like, my 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 groceries like everything i lived off of a paycheck of laney music that's disgusting i i feel like you should have an indie movie written about you oh man i'm actually i'm actually a little bit ashamed that's a lot that's a fucking lot miles are miles are you okay i honestly man after the Yu-Gi-Oh story last week i've had a couple people reaching out and and asking me and i think this just further (laughs) further reaffirms that the fact uh i'm not okay bracket i promise uh my chemical romance that's a really good song it is um miles uh title is very much behind the eight ball on a lot of this stuff so i actually don't have a title wrapped yet Um, better i hear yeah i i figure i'll give you my most listened to songs of each month so far this year yeah I will only give you one from every month because we'll be here for a yep. month of Sundays. Ha 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 ha. Uh, okay, so January 2021. So the big thing about this is that this was when the new Dirty Nail album came out. And so I listened to the track Elvis 77 the most times. Uh, February 2021. Love Story, Taylor's version. Very sick. Uh, March 2021. Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic. Great song. April 2021. <laughs> All Too Well, Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, May, 20, uh, May 2021. Uh, I, 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 I'm very surprised at how much I actually got into this band. Just kidding. It's, uh, it's actually... Hell yeah by Rev Theory. <laughs> no fucking way. Yes. <laughs> you must have been drinking a lot of beers that month. Uh June 21 June 2021 was Glint by Deaf Heaven. Uh July 2021 I don't think I listened to very much music in July, which is very surprising, uh, but my uh my my most listened to uh was Wind Winds Change by Orville Peck. Uh, August 2021, Mystery by Turnstile. Uh, September 2021, Mystery by Turnstile. <laughs> in in second place was Poppy's Home by Drake. Nah, I, I fucking like that song. That's a good song. Uh, October 2021 was Easy on Me by Adele. Followed up secondly by Arkansas by Chris Stapleton. Uh, November 2021 was uh, After Last Night by Silk Sonic. And that's it so far. 
Uh, December, I, I don't know what December is going to be, but that's my that's my uh, that's my go to so far. I listened to a shitload of Silk Sonic this year. Yeah, man, that album uh, has been really good. I've I've really been enjoying it. Um, long awaited as well. So uh, I'm glad that they did it. Um, shout out to us putting our money where our mouth is with the Taylor Swift content because we talk about it enough, and it's it's good to see her making a lasting impression on both of our lists. Dude, so she's so talented. I, she I, is so talented. I, I fucking hate when people are are are, are being, oh, it's a pop artist. Man, she's just a good songwriter. She may she knows how to write a catchy tune. She knows how to write just a, a, a real heartbreak anthem that can reach not only young uh, 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 mid-teens girls, but can also reach uh, men upwards of the age of 45 years old. It just works. A very eclectic mix of people. 26-year-old man-childs who are emotional. Um, but, Nolan, I think that that's enough music talk for the day because I can already oh, feel... No. Why? Why? What? Why are you knowing? What? Because I don't want to talk about this next thing. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you a break, Nolan. Um, by running through the agenda of what is going to be happening on the pod today... Uh, first and foremost, we are going to be recapping the three Oilers games from last week that were so bad against the Minnesota Wild, the Boston Bruins, and the Carolina Hurricanes. We will then move into, they're going to be super quick because they're super depressing. Um, so we'll we'll be quick with them getting into Oilers talk um, as there was some news today around the team. And then we have a few cool NHL points, uh, super cool and then we're going to talk a little bit about the Canadian World Junior Team roster that dropped yesterday. Pew, pew, pew. Got a few thoughts on that. And then, Nolan, we get into the the meat and potatoes, the surf and turf, the chicken of the rail yard, the State of the Union. The fettuccine Alfredo. The fettuccine Alfredo. The, the big boy, the thick burger, the regular coffee and donut combo. In case, uh, in case people were not sure of the type of episode that they're in for today, typically one of our like one of our like prep documents is about I don't know two three pages long. This one is ten. This one is ten. And new to the State of the Union this year is uh, divisional recaps, and then we are looking at some overall statistics within the NHL, individual and team wise. So a lot of things to talk about. This is a great episode. For anybody who is just a hockey fan in general, somebody who's been kind of passive this year, hasn't really been watching the NHL, kind of wants to get caught up and see where things are at. Um, looking at the top three scores for forwards and top defensive score for each team, as well as the goaltenders. And then a couple of seconds uh, or longer, depending on the team, of us rambling and talking about who is hot and who is not, who is a wagon and who is uh, swagging. But Nolan... With that out of the way, I would like to ask you to start um, by recapping the game against the Minnesota Wild. Now, I'm really enjoying the title that you have here because uh, although he was not featured in my top five artists, I am a big Lil Yachty guy. And the main reason for that being is that he has the best first name in the industry. Are you, are you familiar with what his first name is? I am. I, I actually am not. It's Miles. Lil Yachty's real name wow, is Miles. I did not yeah. know that. So uh, I like it a lot, and I would like a lot as well for you to read the title of that game, Nolan. Because it was cold like Minnesota, cold like Minnesota, 
cold like Minnesota. <sighs> the Oilers lost 4-1 to the Minnesota Wild. Uh... And you, you, you remember when we started off this week and uh, Miles asked me my prediction of how this week was going to turn out and I said one and two and I was being very depressy spaghetti and being very negative Nancy in and your miles said two yeah. and one yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it was even worse than we both could have imagined so uh we'll just we'll we'll leave it at that um we're going to just quickly run through all of these because they finished oh and three this is the worst quite possibly the worst week of Oilers hockey uh uh, it, yeah, it, it might have been worse than last year. I'm not even sure yet. We'll 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 we'll, we'll figure that out along the way. But anyways, uh, the the good news is is that for the first two games, the Oilers actually probably played two of their best games they've played all season, which is incredibly surprising. Um, Cam Talbot played like a 2017 Oiler, aka like dominant. Uh, had a 9.74 save percentage with 30 38 saves, and. The Minnesota Wild got uh, depth scoring, which that's a that's a that's a, a must be nice. Uh, those goals coming from Joel Yolerksonek, Marcus Foligno, Victor Rask, and Dmitry Kulikov. What are the two things in life that are guaranteed, Nolan? Taxes and uh, the Oilers. Uh, former Oilers scoring against the Oilers. Former Oilers scoring against the Oilers. You could not have said it better yourself myself i don't know um also forgot victor rask was alive until this game um so shout out victor rask thanks for getting a goal there um but you know who else scored nolan his eighth of the season yes he pulled rv got his eighth goal of the year the lone oilers goal in that game came in the second period on assists from hyman and McDa- uh, mcdavidson um, this was another stinky miko game he was, um, yeah, he was a stinky boy in this one. Like, he made some good saves. He made some nice saves. But ultimately, like, he had, like, an 8-5-6 goals against average. Um, didn't make the big saves when they needed him and kind of bit the guys in the ass. Um, but but we'll get to the real stinky Miko game <laughs> as this goes on. Um, some notes from the game here. Uh, they were, uh, the Oilers were very close on faceoffs, about 50%. They, uh, 27 for the Wild, 26 for the Oilers. They were 0 for 5 on the power play, which is a freaking not something we see a lot. Uh, 39 Oilers shots to 26 Wild shots. So again, we talked about Cam Talbot playing a very stellar game. Uh, not very often that the Oilers win the shots on goal battle, but nonetheless, uh, we just ran into a, a very, very hot goalie. Darnell Nurse played 28 minutes. And Evan Bouchard played 23. And that was the tail of the tape. A hot goalie beat the Oilers. Couldn't seem to get anything by him. Um, fuck. Was this the first game of Darnell Nurse being back? I can't remember. No, his first game back was against the Kings. Oh, where, right. The game where Connor got swast. Okay, I'm just jumping to the next one. Yeah, it can't, uh, it can't was... get worse, right? It can't get worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then the the Oilers followed that up two nights later with a 3-2 loss to the Boston Bruins. Hooray! Stuart Skinner back in this one, uh, and because uh, Mikko Koskinen is starting to overstay his welcome a little bit, and once again, we'll get to him. Linus Olmark was in the Boston net and was fucking 
phenomenal was basically a, a, a Vesna candidate in net had 41 saves with a 953 goal or a 953 save percentage. Stuart Skinner had a 900 with 27 of 30 saves on net. I don't totally put this game on Stuart Skinner. I more put this on the defensive collapse in front of him. Uh, Brad Marchand scores on a shorthanded goal thanks to a turnover from Tyson Berry. Sweet. Then uh, Jake DeBrusque nabs one, and Louie gets to call that one. Congratulations, Louie. <laughs> Hi, Jake. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. Uh, and then with only, what, eight minutes left or five minutes left or something like that. I'm trying to push all these games out of my memory right now. Matt Grizzlick scores the goal to put the Bruins up 3-2. And uh, luckily, though, the the, the, the power play finally showed up. It's, it's been a while. It's, I, I think, I think going into this game, they were, they were one for their last 19, which is, uh, just mortifying. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl with two goals in this one, both from Tyson Berry and Connor McDavid. Tyson Berry with two assists means, uh, well, Tyson Berry gets to stay in on power play one. Hell yeah, David. And uh, yeah, they got 43 shots on goal. Once again, this is a really good game for the Oilers. Um, 37 for 28 in the dot, and they out hit them 23 to 17 in the hit counter. So ultimately, the Oilers did play a great game. They were really good. It was just timely defensive collapses. And unfortunately, playing well does not necessarily lead to wins. You have to win the fucking game. Especially against a team as good as the Bruins. A team as tough as the Bruins. So tough one there. Uh, Darnell Norris, 28 minutes of ice time. And I found this really interesting. I was looking at the stats and I saw two guys of 26 and I was like, fuck, that's like big defensive game. Like who are the guys putting that up? 26 minutes of ice time for Leon and Connor. Wow. No wonder, no wonder they had 43 shots on net when you have those guys playing 26 minutes. Um, just would like to see that translate into a W if you're going to have them play that much time. Uh, that being said, they had two nights off before their next game against the Carolina Hurricanes, which is the return of Ethan Bear. Um, sad, emotional game. Uh, Nolan's titled this one. Um, I'll let you. I'll I'll let you go here. Hi, yes, uh, David. There's a little smoke coming from your bottom. You might want to make sure you put that one out. Now, are you referring to his his bum or his bottom six? Uh, his bum. Oh, he's got a little hot seat, does he? It's it's a it's a it's a little on the toasty side, and by a little, I mean you lose two, three more games. Yeah, out of there. I think you're. I think he's done. Yeah. If if they if they if they drop if they drop if they drop three if, okay if they drop two more, I'm not entirely certain. If they drop three more, he's done. There's no way they can let this happen. No, you, especially when you look at what's happening in Vancouver right now, coaching change in their four straight wins. Um, we'll get to that uh, versus what's happening in Edmonton right now. Uh, you talk about the, the, the in sports, the, the coach has lost the room 
gets said a lot. And for a team that started as good as the Oilers did, I think that that's maybe what's happened a little bit here. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves, Nolan. Um, Davis Tippis, you have a little bit of a hot bum. And uh, to make matters worse, worse, Ethan Bear, a guy you didn't necessarily utilize uh, the best way possible, is back in Edmonton for the first time playing against his former team. Um, Frederick Anderson is getting the start and goal. Played really well. Um, Hattrick for hot goalies on this homestand, Nolan, which... Uh, as, as a fan of the of this position, I do like to see, but not against my favorite team, not against the team that I do a weekly podcast about. Nolan, I don't like that. At some point, the common denominator can't just be we're running into hot goalies. It has to be we're not playing well enough. Like, I don't give a shit if you put forty two shots on goal if they aren't quality chances. Like. Just fucking win. Just yeah. win. Just win one. They've lost five games straight now. Speaking I just... Of... Go on, Miles. <laughs> just to finish this one off nice and quick, because I can see Nolan chomping at the bit here. Uh, Sebastian Ajo had two goals in this game. First one was a nice one. Second one was fucked bad. And Nito Niederreiter scored the second goal um, to give your Carolina Hurricanes three. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, keep you Trevor, got the lone Oilers goal on an assist from Nurse and Yehisipule Arvi on what was an absolute snipe. We love to see that. Um, tail of the tape here, Nolan. The Oilers won in faceoffs, uh, 31 to the Hurricanes, 30. They outhit the Hurricanes, 34 to 22, uh, but they were outshot 31 to 23 and went 0 for 2 on the power play. Now, one thing I will say is that I, I felt like this was another classic, like, missed calls game against the Oilers but regardless uh very timely power play uh opportunity in the third period there where the game was two to one uh, to tie things up and they mustered absolutely nothing so that was quite frustrating to see um nurse again 28 minutes Connor Bush and Leon had between 22 and 20 minutes respectively um so the the workhorses the big minute munchers were were the guys that we wanted on the ice and unfortunately just did not get the result that fans were looking for on a late Saturday game in Edmonton. Now, game's over. 0-3 on the week. We turn the page, Metallica, and we start a new week of uh, Oilers hockey. Miles, but before we move on from this, uh, did you happen to read the uh, uh, that that uh, that very famous part of the interview that Ethan Bear did with? Uh that Ethan Bear did with Daniel Nugent Bowman of The Athletic? Was that the one in regards to, like, how he felt after, like, no one being there for him after the... Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, 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 in case anyone hasn't read this, I'm, I'm just going to... Forgive me for, for a second. <clears throat> if you watch that series again, I had a really good series, Bear says. I had one mistake on a game-tying goal, and it was like I gave up the whole four-game series. That's why... I, that's what I never understood. It was the one thing that people wanted to point their fingers at. The Oilers returned to Edmonton with end-of-season meetings and players ready to go their separate ways for the summer. Team team camaraderie wasn't running high. The one thing that sucked is I didn't feel like I had much support when it happened. It was such a weird fe- thing to go through, and it just felt like I was alone. Man, watching the interviews and the 
all just all of the fanfare for Ethan Bear and even him. Uh, I mean, obviously, I think everybody saw the saw the clip of him giving the stick to the fan in the crowd. It, it's Warren Fogel has to get this figured out because otherwise, this is looking like a next level bad trade right now, like monumentally terrible trade. And on the flip side of the coin. The, the fucking power play. How? How? How do you do this? How do you continuously do this? Where your best offensive option, arguably your best defenseman, is not on power play one. And then, when they pull the goalie, when they pull Miko down 3-1 to try and tie up the game, which, once again, this team cannot... Score with the net empty. Like, and it, so they they pull Miko, and who hops on over the boards, Miles? Who hops on over the boards? Uh, was that Tyson Berry? Uh, no, it was actually even worse. It was a forward. <laughs> was it Kyle Turris? No, it was fucking Zach Cassian. Ah, the king. And we'll get, oh, and we'll get to him again. But, okay. Uh, th- th- that's it. We're we're moving on from this. We're moving on from the Carolina game. A stinky week that gets the boys uh, upset. Uh, but I have a little note in here. I figure this is fucking not the timing that I wanted from this one. But I made the note that it's just a bad week, not a bad life. But apparently that is not the case because no one is angry. Uh, but this week, today specifically, uh, the news broke. Duncan Keith, Slater Cuckoo, and Michael Smith were full participants in practice today. Smiley face. Uh, On the other side of that, or to expand on that, rather, Zachary Hyman, the children's author, is day-to-day. Keith might be back in the lineup tomorrow, and Smith will not dress tomorrow, but all signs are pointing towards a soon-ish return. I see a pen in the air. Yes, Nolan, how can I help you? Uh, update on Zach Hyman. It's looking like he is going to be out for one to two weeks. Ah. Yeah. Ah, is, is, ah. is the correct response. Um, uh, um, 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 <laughs> well, you were just talking about a guy that needs to figure it out and he will be getting that opportunity. Warren Fogle was seen in a white Jersey today, which means he will be in the top six where uh, Kyler Yamamoto was in a gray Jersey, which means he will be in the bottom six. So according to Oilers beat writer and uh, famous guy on the pod and on Instagram, um, <laughs> Sir Bob Stoffer, the lines look <laughs> as this Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, Zach Cassian, Warren Fogle, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Jesse Poliarvi, uh, Shore, McLeod, Yamo, Benson, Ryan, Sevier, dot, 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 Turris as the 13th forward. Noosh, Noosh, Nurse and Boosh, Noosh. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good pairing name. It's a, it's a great pairing name. And, and it came up with it because I am uh, borderline illiterate. Uh, skated together. Keith and CC back together. Yes, Queen. Mimalainen and Barry skating together on the third pairing. Broberg and Lagason skating together. A couple of Swedish kings. And uh, 4K Slater Cuckoo down as the extra D-man or ninth defenseman, I guess. That's pretty wild. Um, yeah, Nolan. Those are the lines. And I know that you got a couple of things to say, so I am handing this talking stick over to you, starting with... Zach Cassian back on the top line. 
How does that make you feel? It's, I know exactly what's going to happen, Miles. I know exactly what's going to happen. The Oilers are going to lose to the Leafs, probably like 6-4, but Zach Cassian is going to have a goal and an an assist. I think that's what's going to happen. And it's going to drive me up the fucking wall because he's going to play horribly in his own end. He's not going to give a shit. He, it's just, the, the 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 funny part was is that I actually thought Fogel and McLeod and Cassian were actually not bad in the Hurricanes game. But once again, this is Zach Cassian just he's getting away with it once again. Oh, I need to throw him up on the top line to get him energized, to get him going. You should not have to get Zach Cassian going because last year the excuse was he doesn't have the crowd. He doesn't have the crowd to motivate him. He's got the crowd now. What's the excuse now? And he's just back on the top line again. And then, like, uh, the, uh, and then this. You're going to throw Drysaddle and McDavid together against the fucking Leafs? Like, you're line matching two. This is the thing about Dave Tippett. I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, don't understand his thought process. You're going to put Fogel, Nuge, Pooley, Arvey as your second line. Why don't you tr- properly line match when you're going to be going up against two first lines? Like, and then uh, 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 Ryan McLeod and, and uh, Kyler Yamamoto. I kind of like that pairing. That's great. With fucking Devin Shore? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the caveat there. Why the but, fuck is Devin Shore going to be going but on the third line? Also, here is the biggest thing for me at this point. When we're, we, have no, we have no chance of depth scoring at this point, here's the thing I do not get. How is it that Tyler Benson goes from over a point per game in the AHL, and yet he cannot get a sniff in the top six? Just, just a taste, just a little, just a little, like that, just a little lick of the ice cream cone. And then, yeah, uh, I, I, Derek Ryan, Colton Sevier, fine. I, I don't really care. Please send Philip Roberg down if you if if he's just playing on that fourth pairing that you guys have or whatever. Please just send him down. Honestly, I, to be honest, I don't I don't totally understand the love for Marcus Niemelainen. I was literally just gonna say I am not sure how I feel about Marcus Niemelainen. I've heard that from a number of guys. I know that a uh, friend of the show, uh, Babyback Billick, hates him. Like, wants to light him on fire and shoot him into the fucking moon. But if you watch that Carolina game a little bit closer, he he, he kind of looks out of place on this team. He hasn't played North American hockey until this year, so I don't I don't blame like I, I don't know. Uh, but it's it, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It's because he's fucking big. That's the only reason. Yeah. And Kippis likes a little bit of sandpaper, so he likes a guy that hits. But, I mean, this this isn't like we talk about the hit count every every week when we do a recap of a game and whatnot. But, like, like, you want them to be a tough team to play against. But, like, if this guy's a defensive liability, especially playing with Barry, um, I don't know if I want to see that very badly. So I wouldn't hate for Broberg to, you know, be a permanent fixture in the top 
you know, top three pairings um, and leave him in the NHL. Or like you said, send him back down and let him get the, uh, the experience. I really like Slater Cuckoo. That's not a secret to anybody that listens to the show. So, you know, if Slater's back and healthy and, and drawing back in, I would very much rather see him uh, on that, on that uh, third pairing and have Broberg back in the HL keep Lagason as the extra, uh, extra defenseman. I don't care, whatever. Um, but getting back into the forward group, I'm actually, I agree with you wholeheartedly about the matchup issue against the Leafs. That's going to be disastrous. Anybody can see that doesn't matter how thick your glasses are, if your bubbles or whatever the fuck, but I am actually quite intrigued by that Fogel Nuge Pugliarvi line. I think that that's going to be a fun line to watch. That's going to be a fucking grinding tough line. Don't get me wrong. I actually, I'm quite excited to see Warren Fogel in the top six, except I wanted to see him with Connor McDavid because I think of him as like a baby hymen. Ooh, I don't, ooh, I don't know. I don't, I don't <laughs> that, like saying that. That came, that came across gross, but I, I appreciate what you were getting at. Yes. And once again, if Dylan Holloway was healthy, oh my goodness. Soon brother, soon. Speaking of healthy Nolan, anything else you want to say about the forward and defensive pairings? Or would you like to talk about the player that was placed on waivers today? They better I I'm telling you right now, if they if Ken Holland claims fucking Anton Hudobin, I'm going to drive to Edmonton and and fucking lynch him in front of the city of Edmonton. Let's use a different way of killing Dave Tippett, but for sure, uh, I agree with you. Because yeah, if Mike Smith is coming back and with how good Stuart Skinner's played and everything that has been said about Miko Koskinen, I guess we didn't really talk about him very much. Third goal in the Carolina game was like inexcusably bad. And Miko is good for an ex- inexcusably bad goal every three to four games. He got it out of the way. Life does not go on, but I am really excited for Smith to come back to see the form that he's going to be in and to have the tutelage um, that he will have with one Stuart Skinner. I think that that Skinner-Smith uh, tandem could potentially be something really intriguing. But yeah, I don't want them to go near Hudobin with a fucking 10-foot ball. The amount of money that he gets paid, um, his age, how he's been this season, all that sort of stuff. I know at the beginning of the year there was links to a, to a Dallas goalie potentially, but I really hope that uh, Ken Holland stays far, far, far away from that. It's also like... I, like, I'm I'm looking forward to Mike Smith coming back. I I am, but this issue goes. It, it just it 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 festers from the core problem of this team. I don't like being a team that a lot that needs my goaltender to steal games. Just can you just be good? Colorado has had. The worst, like maybe the worst goaltending in the NHL this season. And yet, they are consistently phenomenal. Because their system is run super well. Their players are super good. And it's just shrewd moves. And we'll talk about one of their players that is like right, right up in the top five of a certain category. And he was acquired for two seconds. And all it takes is a smart general manager looking looking among the NHL landscape and saying, hey, this guy could fit in a, in a specific role we might have for him. And I just feel like the Oilers are so are, are, are always 
two steps ahead of everybody else. Two steps ahead or two steps behind? Sorry, behind. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Yes, no, definitely not ahead. No, I understand exactly what you're getting at. Um, Nolan, anything else Oilers related or do you want to talk about a few? Fire them off into the sun. I don't want to talk about them. We're excited for the week. Yay. <laughs> Yay. NHL news. Nolan, the question everybody wants to know, is Nathan Walker actually nasty? Guy got called up by the Blues, came out and scored a couple of, of bingos. What do you say? Former Oiler, by the way. Former Oiler for like two like games. L- literally a cup of coffee. A quick cup of Tim Horton's dark roast. And the just the most impressive part about it is Australian mate. He probably friends with Keith Urban, or is he? Is he English? He's no, English. He's, he's from he's from Wales. Like is where he was is born. He? Yeah, is oh, where he was fuck. born. But I think that he's uh, he played his minor hockey in Australia. Yes. Okay. Yes. It it does say yes. Welsh born Australian professional hockey player. Yes. Okay. So like okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So totally fine. Um, Nathan Walker, Stanley Cup champion, mate, uh, scoring goals in St. Louis, eating some bake ravioli. Is he nasty, old Nolan? Yes or no? Uh, probably not. No, flash, <laughs> flash in the pan, but but we do love to see it. Great, great story. We <laughs> makes me it makes me smile, but no, no, fair enough. Um, Canadian World Junior roster came out yesterday, Nolan. We are thrilled to see some of the names on that team and some more than others. A player that we have discussed at length on the pod, a player that we have simped over. We have thought about watched his highlight videos all that sort of stuff connor bedard mr exceptional is on the team as a 16 year old can i get a you can get a hell yeah brother hell yeah brother actually one thing i wanted to say before you move on or before you before before you tell me more of why that is why that is significant how funny how fun, sorry, is it to say Connor Bedard in an in an Australian accent? Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard. Reporting. Okay, Connor Bedard, private eye performance for duty. Um, why is it so important or significant, as you said, that Connor Bedard is on this team? Well, Nolan, I'll tell you, because he joins a pretty elite list of company in 16-year-olds that have played for the World Junior Team for Team Canada. Uh, that includes Includes names such as Eric Lindros, Wayne Gretzky, uh, Jay Bomeister, Sidney Crosby, and Jason Spezza. All pretty great guys to be compared to. You for, you forgot the most obvious one. Uh, Connor McDavid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie, sorry, Connor. Whoopsie, sorry, Connor. There's a new sheriff in town. Um, Jay Bomeister also. One thing I want to say about Jay Bomeister might be the best skater in the NHL may have ever seen like Connor, Connor McDavid, terrific skater, fast, blah, 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 blah. But like the way that Bo Meester, like for his size and how he moved around the ice, he was a fantastic fucking skater. Um, yeah. He's like, he was like a, he, he was so much like Scott Niedermeyer minus the offensive upside. Yeah. He had, he had the size, the defensive ability, part of how he got the longevity he did in the NHL, saddest career ended the way that it did, but phenomenal player. Um, so Connor Bedard to have his name in conversation with McDavid, Lindros, Gretzky, Bromeister, uh, Crosby, and Spezza is really, really cool. Uh, we wanted to give a shout out as well to some Edmonton Oil Kings. 
uh, Sebastian Casa, Dylan Gunther, and Jake Neighbors all making the team. They are certified studs. Uh, Neighbors and Gunther were on the team last year, and Casa we have simped over multiple times on the show. Should have been an Oiler. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. We miss you. Have fun in Detroit. Uh, but good for those local boys to be making the team. But, Nolan, there is one player above all that makes you pant pant like a like a like a humane society dog mm? <laughs> i don't know i'm fucked up i um, i just i i just i just now i i just now i'm expecting to hear like a sarah mclaughlin song in the background <laughs> and it's like panning over a sad dog no well, i didn't mean to go there you were panting though like you, you were like a dog in heat and that is because oilers first round pick xavier bergo has made the Team Canada World Junior Team. Ow! Yay! Yeah, he's been a freak for Shawinigan this year. Oh, my We've God. We've talked about the numbers he's put up multiple times. Um, fuck, man. I'm so excited to see him uh, on, on the big stage for Team Canada. If he ends up playing on a line with Bedard, um, I will be out of office. That is all I have to say. I will be out of the office and I... permanently boozing. I honestly think this is the most excited I've been for the World Juniors in a very, very, very long time. Like just the just the pure star power that's on this team is stupid. The star power, Nolan, that you were talking about. Uh, can I read you a couple names? Yes, please. Uh, Phenom, first overall, per, per, uh, perennial first overall pick for in this year's draft. Sh- uh, Mister Exceptional himself, Shane Wright. That's oh. two exceptional status players are going to be on Team Canada's World Junior Team at the same oh, time. Keep going. Uh, Owen Power, first overall pick for the Buffalo Sabres last year, oh. playing for Michigan. Unbelievable. Uh, I know that we hate them, Nolan, our new nemesis, the Winnipeg Jets, but they did something, uh, as Flamestown Kyle would say, pretty cool and are allowing Cole Perfetti. Did I say that right? Yeah, 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 you did. To Sorry. come to leave him out of the AHL and bring him down to the World Junior Team to get on the uh, to get back at it, uh, fucking insane. Uh, Caden Gooley, he's another good Saskatchewan boy. I don't know if he's born in Saskatchewan. But he plays his junior here. He plays for the Prince Albert Raiders, Cancel Party Hill, PA, uh, and he is going to be on that defensive core as well. And he's a fantastic player, fantastic, fantastic player. And uh, Sabrango, I know I'm not saying that right. Uh, but he's a D-man for the uh, Grand, Grand Rapids Griffins AHL team for Detroit as well. So, like, you've got some players on this team that are playing, um, you know, amateur hockey in the in the AHL, guys that are studs in the CHL across the dub, OHL, uh, QMJHL, and guys that are killing it in the NCAA. Um, like, this team is going to be incredible. And the note that I had here for this is, these kids are so much better at hockey than you, it's insane. Uh, like, it's, like I said, I, I think this is probably, like, the best World Junior team we've had. And, like, no, I don't think enough people are talking about how good of a season Owen Power is happening for Michigan right now. Like, he the the numbers he's putting up there are just like historic. So having him come over, the size, the skating ability, the offensive awareness, like just a hell of a player. And yeah, I'm just I'm I'm so excited. Boxing Day came. Well, actually, I really like Christmas, so I'm 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 excited for the one two punch of Christmas and Boxing Day because World Juniors are here. Um. One quick guy that I did want to mention, 
not on the Canadian national team. Um, actually, not even on a national team. The, the The conversation is more about the fact that he's not on a national team. A little guy by the name of Metve Petrov is uh, not on the Russian team. Uh, a lot of people are probably just chalking this up to the fact that the Russians, I think, hate the fact that that there's a guy playing in the OHL instead of the MHL or VHL or whatever the, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, because Matt Vepetrov at this point has 44 points in 27 games. Yikes. For his first season in North America. Stupid, stupid good. Stupid Anyways. good and stupid property of the Oilers. We love it. Uh, wanted to give a shout out here to Tom Rennie as well. I think he's the ar- architect of destruction for this team. Uh, so go get him, Tom. Uh, hope that things work out for you well. Kind of miss Tom Rennie. <laughs> What's that? So I kind of miss Tom Rennie. I miss Tom Rennie a little bit too. He was I. He just seemed like such a cool coach. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Anyways, I, go I, on, Miles. I, I, he has a sweet spot. Uh, in in Miles' heart as well. Um, What doesn't have a sweet spot, Nolan, is the situation that the Calgary Flames are currently seeing. Um, uh, We rip on the Flames a lot, but the fact of the matter remains that they are dealing with a rather serious COVID outbreak. Uh, We're hoping that it's one guy that's sick and the rest of the guys are close contacts or something like that. But as the dust is settling, the current situation is that uh, Lindholm, Maggiapani, Brad Richardson, Adam Razuka. Uh, Brandon Tanev, or sorry, Chris Tanev and Nikita Zadorov are all on the COVID list as well as one of the athletic trainers. So, sad situation in Calgary. Game's getting postponed. That's no good. Uh, hope that all those guys get better and that there's no lingering COVID effects. I saw a statistic today, Nolan, that um, with this outbreak now, roughly 17% of the players in the NHL uh, have, have had COVID, which is... Uh, concerning please but. wear your masks please oh, jesus christ we're not out of this we're not past it we like there's a a major variant breaking out right now can we please just keep our fucking bearing straight a little bit but stay, stay smart stay safe yes get better please. get better flames and uh everybody be nice to each other be healthy and be kind nolan yes that was a quick breeze through of Oilers and NHL, but now we get into the fun stuff. Um, do you want to stretch? Is there anything you, you need to do before we get into the State of the Union 2122? I'm going to chug a big sip of water. Get a big sip of water and then and then do the... Here, here you go. Oh, fuck. Okay, you're good. You're hydrated. That's enough. Yeah, that was a good, cool, refreshing <laughs> sip. Nolan. Yes. The Atlantic Division. Tell us about it. You get honors. I get to start off? You get to start off. Yes. And we always fucking do this. So I'm going to start. I am going to actually start off by telling the folks at home what we have ready for them here today. A little bit of blue balling going on. What we are going to be doing is running through each division, um, teams one through eight, based on their divisional rankings. Um, that's probably better than doing an NHL overall, uh, but you can check those out yourselves. We will be giving you their record and their points totals. Uh, and then we will be getting into their leading scores, three forwards and their leading defensive score, the goaltending information. Should there be a tandem, there will be information for both teams. We will then discuss if that team is in fact a wagon or not. 
Now, with that out of the way, Nolan, first team in the Atlantic Division, go. The dominant Florida Panthers, who despite losing their their original head coach of the season, have already surpassed the record of Joel Quenville with Andrew Burnett as their head coach. There's not really much else to say about this team that hasn't been said already. 18-5-4 for 40 points in the season. They're first in the, in, first in the division, sorry. Uh, tied for first in the Eastern Conference. And I believe actually tied for first in the entire NHL. I could be wrong about that. Just give me one second. You would be correct. They're in a three-way tie for first in the NHL with another team in their division and a team in the Metro. Uh their leading scoring forwards, Jonathan Huberdeau in 26 games, has nine goals, 22 assists for 31 points. Right behind him, a fantastic pickup of their offseason and a guy that just exudes the fact that I always forget that he's a Florida Panther already, but Sam Reinhart with, uh, in 26 games played, eight goals, 12 assists for 20 points. You don't need Sam Reinhart to be a world beater. You just need him to be decent and that's exactly what he's doing he's filling in so well on that team this team is so friggin' deep up front that no matter what each one of those four lines is a threat to score every night um their leading defenseman having i honestly i don't want to call it a breakout because he's kind of already broken out but like a norris level season right now Aaron Eckblad, hot Aaron. We love him here. We love him here at One for One Headquarters. Wanted him to be an oiler so badly. So handsome. I don't know if I need to say it again. Really hot. With 24 points in 26 games played. 8 goals, 16 assists. Just a minute-munching defenseman. And yeah. finally, sorry, Miles. Give nope. me one second. You do it, Daddy. Don't call it a comeback. Sergei Bobrovsky, in 17 games played, has a 12-1-2 record for a 9.22 save percentage and a 2.32 GAA. His backup, Spencer Knight, who we all thought was going to kind of be the tandem goalie. Well, Sergei says, I'm back on the force again. Nine games started, six or, uh, six wins, three uh, three losses, and two overtime losses for Spencer Knight with a .904 save percentage and a 2.98 GAA. Um this team's really good. This team's really, really, really good. Yeah, six, three, and one in their last ten, and that's like bad for their standards. This team is just incredible. Nolan named a number of players on the team here uh, that are that are having some pretty terrific seasons. But Carter Verhage, um, Anthony Duclair, Mackenzie Weger, you forget about Joe Thornton there, uh, Owen Tippett. Like, there, this is a good team, a deep team, um, a team that, like Nolan said, all four lines can skate with you. Uh, they are without a doubt. A wagon. And also, Alexander Barkov, I think, is still injured. <laughs> so he's on his way back. Yeah. It doesn't, they don't even have their best player. Doesn't even make sense uh, <laughs> how good this team is. Florida Panthers, certified wagon. Uh, this next team, Nolan, is actually tied with them in regards to uh, top spot in the NHL. Uh, so also top spot in the division. Uh, but the record isn't quite as good, and the Panthers have played one less game. But the next team we are talking about is none other than the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs have a 19-8-2 record, good for 40 points in 27 games played. Their leading scorer is Austin Matthews, who has 18 goals, 13 assists, and 31 points over 26 games. Jonathan Tavares, the $11 million man himself, has 28 games played where 13 goals 18 assists and 31 points are scored oh you might be thinking he actually tied austin matthews there for points but we give 
the nod to Matthews because we stand for him and we value goals higher than assists at one for one headquarters. Third on the scoring uh, forward list is none other than Willie Styles, William Nylander himself still has the worst hair in the NHL, but also has 30 points, 13 goals, 17 assists in 29 games played. So recapping 31 points, Oh, fuck, I'm an idiot. 31 points, 31 points, and 30 points for your top three scoring Toronto Maple Leafs. On the boot, on the back end, the blue line, their leading scorer is none other than former Moose Jaw Warrior Morgan Riley, who has three goals, 21 assists, and 24 points in 29 games played. In the crease, you have Jack Campbell, better known as Soup, who has 21 games started with a 14-5-2 record a 0.935 save percentage and a 1.99 goals against average. For those of you at home, that's pretty good numbers. He also has a few shutouts to go with that and has been a tremendous backstopper for the Loafs. Nolan, thoughts on the blue guys, the buds. I hate that they're as good as they are, but they're, they look a hell of a lot better than last year. So I got to give him credit where credit's due. John Tavares is doing exactly what I want him to do. Like I said, don't have a problem with you if you're over a point per game. And right now, he's over a point per game. So that's great to see. Good for them. Um, Yeah, just really solid. I think uh, I, I think up and down the lineup there, once again, similar to the Panthers, threat to score on every line. We're waxing quite poetically about the Leafs right now, so I think a lot of like Leaf fans that are maybe listening are like, wow, they're actually being nice. And yes, we're being nice, because unfortunately speaking, they are a certified wagon. Um, as the leader of Leafs haters, United, um, mothers against Leafs fans, it pains me to say, yeah, they're pretty good. I'm not giving them wagon status yet, but they are... <laughs> Um, better than a number of other teams in the league. How are we defining wagon? Is it like we think this team could win the Stanley Cup? Um, wagon is is completely objective. <laughs> we didn't create rules for this. <laughs> you can't change the rules just because you don't like how I'm doing them. <laughs> it's after 10 o'clock, so we can say whatever the hell we want. Big low to come. <laughs> In third place, the Tampa Bay Lightning with a 17-6-4 record for 38 points. Leading scorer, and this is the real don't call it a comeback, a guy I'm so happy to see with 13 goals, 19 assists for 32 points in 26 games, Marco Monterio's Steven Stamkos. This makes me so happy to see. I'm a big Stammer guy. I love when he plays really well. I love when he's the superstar that he is. And surprisingly enough, this team has, like, they have 38 points, and you have to factor in the amount of injuries they've had. Um, Miles knows this because I I sent him a photo of my team, uh, but uh, two guys on my fantasy team were uh, Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point. Ouch. And uh, they are both out still. Um, but luckily, Steven Stamkos has his line mate and uh, 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 co-star in Alex Kalor <laughs> in 27 games played, has 18 goals, 15 assists for 23 points. 
this has been something that has kind of gone under the radar with Alex Kalorin is just how underrated of a player he actually is. He has a ton of talent, and I really think it's more because he gets pushed down Tampa's depth chart more than anything. But, like, he's a damn near point-per-game player, um, plays really well on both ends of the ice. Like, I really like Alex Kalorin, and he just seems like a really well-liked guy in the locker room. And, I mean, another guy having a hell of a comeback from his kind of stinky last season— Victor Hedman, 5 goals, 22 assists for 27 points in 27 games played. Point per game defenseman on probably the short list for the Norris this year. And Mr. Consistent, Andre Vasilevsky, 21 games started, 14 goals, or sorry, 14 wins, 4 losses, and 3 overtime losses for a .927 save percentage and a 2.17 GAA. Um, I mean... Once again, Tampa finding guys in the bottom of the lineup, picking guys from Syracuse, and everybody buys into that system. They're, I mean, they're not having as great of a season as they did last year, but I mean, for for the love of God, they're missing a Hart Trophy candidate, and they're missing a guy that could probably challenge for a Hart Trophy on any other team. They're 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. Their last game was a loss at the hands of the lowly Ottawa Senators 4-0, which is absolutely an outlier. But considering they're 17-6-4, and four, um, that's a bad season for their standards. That's a like season for the books for a number of other teams. So I think that it's fair to say Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, good wagon status, still up in the air. I would say that they are on any given night a threat to just hammer you so um lightning very good hockey team as well anything you'd like to say about tampa bay nolan or can i read number four on our list oh you can you can you can go to number four number four bob Orr from the boston bruins who are 14 8 and 2 good for 30 points and the last playoff spot in this division if they started tomorrow leading scorers on this team are none other than bradley marchand he has 21 games played. In those 21 games, he's got 11 goals, 16 assists for 27 points. Nipping at his heels is Patrice Bergeron, who has 24 games played, 9 goals, 13 assists, 22 points, and probably 8,000 face-off wins. Um, third on the list is Halsey, Taylor Hall. Well, he, he actually isn't third on the list. It would actually nope. be Pasternak, but I just wanted to put Halsey in there just because of the amount of bitching I did for wanting Taylor Hall on the team. And he has 13 points in 24 games. So that kind of sucks for him. Um, so Nolan, when I said that we were going to be talking about the top three scorers, you decided to go roll. I'm one. sorry. I had to, I just had to put die. it in there. I just had to. There's a lot of things that I just have to do, Nolan, that I don't do for the betterment of this pod. Can't, I can't fucking deal with you today. I'm going to walk off set. See ya. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> You're right. There's too much work to do. Leading defensive scorer is uh, none other than Charlie McAvoy, who has Charles McAvoy. He prefer. Char- I'm just kidding. <laughs> he does. He does prefer Charles. So Charles McAvoy. He's like the Winnie the Pooh meme with a with a monocle. Uh, 23 games played, four goals, 11 assists, 15 points. Good for you. The swag man, Jeremy Swayman, has 13 games under his belt for a 7-4 and two record, uh, a .922 save percentage. And Linus Allmark, who we talked about, had a seller game against the Oilers, has 11 games started, so two less. He is 7-4-0 and and for a .92 save percentage and a 2.56 goals against average. So they're both having a pretty good year. Uh, very solid goalie tandem and just a 
freaking good team in front of them. Um, but a lot of guys whose names I don't know, I can see you have a little finger up, Nolan. What what say you? Linus Allmark. Potentially traded by the deadline. Potentially traded by the deadline. Ooh. Yes. Especially depending on what happens with one Tuka Rask if he decides that to come back. He uh, is skating with the team at this point. Damn, boy. So I think... I, from what I've seen from Boston fans, they are not very happy with Linus Allmark, despite the fact that he like robbed the Oilers and he has like pretty decent looking numbers. But from everything I've read, they prefer Jeremy Swayman way more, and they would just kind of it would be a wash between Swayman and Tuka Rask, where you could move on from Linus Allmark if he's got decent enough stats and not have to retain salary. Now, with that being said, Allmark apparently has a no movement clause, which is fucking insane. <laughs> that they gave him that contract only to not be able to move him. Uh, so just a possibility, just a guy to maybe keep an eye out for. I uh, wouldn't hate to see that happen depending on the dollar amount. Nolan, yeah. f- fifth team in the division. The Motor City Maniacs, the Detroit Red Wings, with a 13-12-3 record for 29 points in the division. I mean, a, a team that's just they the, these guys are kind of what we wanted the Oilers to be in like 2010, 2011, like young, fun, and spunky, and that's kind of exactly what they are. Being led by a rookie phenom, Lucas Raymond, with tw- in twenty eight games has ten goals, fourteen assists, twenty four points, and just like magnetic aura around him when you watch him play. Uh, behind him, Dylan Larkin. 10 goals, 12 assists for 22 points in 24 games played. So, I mean, damn near point-per-game player. You, you, you can't ask for much more from your captain. And uh, leading their defenseman scoring, Moritz Sider. In 28 games played, 3 goals, 16 assists for 19 points. Now, this has got to be making the Red Wing fans feel pretty pretty freaking good because you have two front runners for the Calder Trophy on your team. And one's a forward and one's a defenseman. These are two building blocks for your future. And leading leading the goaltending attack, Alex Nedeljkovic in 16 games started, 8-6-3 record for a .915 save percentage and 2.81 GAA. Um, I mean, he's he's continuing what he did in Carolina. I know that the numbers don't look as good as they did in Carolina, but it's the Detroit Red, Red Wings, so you have to kind of give him, give him the benefit of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I think that that comparison to like the 2010-2011 Oilers is, is like spot on because that is very much what very much what you wanted them to be. be a young team where the studs are leading it, killing it. Um, and then like, you know what I mean? They're not a team that's going to win every night, but they're a team that at least makes it interesting. And, and some games they surprise you and, and kick ass or whatever, right? So yeah, very cool that that's what they're doing there in Detroit. Um, and playing pretty well in a pretty tough division. So so good on you, Motor City Maniacs. The next team on the list, Nolan, is a team that we enjoy talking about, a team that we enjoy poking a little bit of fun at, and that is none other than the Buffalo Sabres. A little bit surprising to see them this high in the division, um, depending on who you ask. Me, yes, Nolan, probably right where he thought they were going to be, going back to our division previews. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres are 8-15-4, good for 20 points in that division. Their leading scorer uh, is Kyle Opozo, 
who has what the fuck? Six goals, 13 assists for 19 <laughs> points in 27 games played. Is this next player, is that Nate Thompson? Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson, who has 27 games played, 10 goals, six assists, good for 16 points. And third on this team in scoring, oh my God, it is Mr. Contract himself, Jeff Skinner, who has eight goals and eight assists for 16 points in 27 games played. Their leading scorer on the back end is Rasmus Dahlin, who has three goals, 12 assists, and 15 points in 27 games played. like to see a lot of guys playing uh, playing the 27 games here for the, for the Sabres. means they're not getting bit by the injury bug. That well, feels good to hear. Goaltending. This is yeah, until, you, until you look at their goaltending, which this is, is not injury riddled. <laughs> so no one's going to make me read about 100 different numbers here, but uh, the, the first one on the list is none other than world junior phenom himself, Dustin Tukarski who has 13 games played for this team, 4-5-3 and three record, good for a .903 save percentage and a 3.28 goals against average, which, like, for a bad defensive team, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely holding his own there. The ageless wonder, Mr. Craig Anderson, better known from his days in Colorado and Ottawa, has six games played, 4-2-0 record, uh, .921 save percentage, and a 5 2.50 goals against average holy fuck nolan who is this guy okay so first and foremost i want to say the only reason why takarski has 13 games started is because anderson was their presumptive starter until he got injured because he's 100 years old um but the last few days new kid on the block new kid on the block taylor's favorite player in the nhl that isn't an edmonton oiler Trying to look at her and see if he and, and see if she looks back at me. Uko Pekalukinen. Who has nine three goals three games played. I need a I need to figure it out. Three <laughs> games played, zero two one record. Still looking to pop that first win. Uh he's got a point nine three eight save percentage and a one point nine eight goals against average. For the kids at home, those are impressive numbers. Like when when we're going through the state of the union here, and you're hearing about like some stellar goaltenders, those are the numbers that they're gonna have. And this guy Ukalukalainen is out here for the Buffalo Sabers, putting up video game numbers. Uh, that's pretty impressive, and bodes pretty well for their future. They also have one Devin Levi in the system, who was Canada's World Junior goalie last year, uh, and is a is a blue chip prospect. So Sabers, um, light at the end of the tunnel. We'll see. Uh, Owen Power playing well as well at Michigan, as we've mentioned. And uh, yeah, year forwards output for points is is concerning to say the least. The um, yeah, so the Kyle Okposa thing, you you you, you kind of touched upon it because I was I was really surprised um, because I was looking. So all the teams released their. Um, release their vote for these guys for the all-star team. And so I'm like looking through all of them. So obviously the Oilers have like Connor Leon, Nuge, Nurse, I think. And then um, uh, Koskinen as, as their five nominees. The Buffalo Sabres had Kyle Ocpozo as one of them. And I kind of almost fell out of my chair when I heard that. And then, yeah, I looked him up and I'm like, oh my God, he's got 19 points in 27 games. What the fuck? Like, I thought he, I thought he, I thought he was completely cooked. Um, but the thing I wanted to mention about Ukopeka Lukinen is this is a guy that has had a ton of hype behind him. He's, he's, he's consistently been um, amongst the the top goaltending prospects in the NHL. And I mean, 
hopefully I, we don't have a curse at one for one headquarters because it seems like every time I make like a prediction, it fucking blows up in my face. But like, could we maybe see a similar situation to like rookie season Carter Hart where he comes in as like a, you know, we've exhausted all options. Why don't we just play our young rookie goaltender? I mean, he's 22 years old. This could be this could be the start of it for him, but. I like Lukanen, and I would just like the Sabres to have their next dominant goaltender in their long history of dominant goaltenders. It's really fun to say. Um, okay, Miles, do you want to take the next one, and then I'll then I'll take the last one because I, I I'm really excited to do the last one. For sure, man, and I would love to take this one because uh, we stand on guard for the the nation's capital. Ottawa Senators, shout out Steve, uh, Svenny G. Your team is eight, six, and one. Good for seventeen points on the year. Um, having a hard time, some might say. Leading scorer Drake Batherson, twenty games played, eight goals, sixteen assists, good for twenty-four points. Uh, second on that list is Captain Brady Kachuk, who in twenty-two games played has eleven goals, ten assists, good for twenty-one points. And since he got bit in the hand. Yeah, I was about to say. Like yeah. 10 points. Like this guy <laughs> yeah. is just going supernova from the Spider-Man powers that he got. So thank you, Brendan Lemieux, for biting him. I never thought I would say that. Also pretty cool that Claude and Brendan are the first father-son duo in the NHL to both get suspended for biting. Yeah, that's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very sweet. Uh, good for the Lemieux. But we're not talking about the Lemieux. We're talking about the Ottawa Senators. And their leading scorer on the blue line is none other than stud Tomas Shabbat, who has 25 games under his belt this season. No goals, but 14 assists. Which, for the folks keeping track at home, is pretty consistent for what we're seeing for defensive numbers uh, throughout this state of the union. So good on you, Mr. Shabbat. Uh, goals will come. Goaltending, Anton Forsberg, who might have the nicest pad set up in the NHL, hot take, uh, has nine games played, five wins, four losses, zero ties, overtime losses, whatever you want to call them. Good for a .904 save percentage and a 3.34 goals against average. Gustafson has 10 Philip games. Gustafson. Philip Gustafson, a uh, fun name to say as well. 10 games under his belt, a 3-10-1 record. Good for a 0.893 save percentage and a 3.78 goals against average. And Matthew Murray is currently smoking cigarettes in Belleville, going up to kids on the bench saying, Hey, I used to be in the show. You want to see my Stanley Cup rings? Uh, Matthew Murray. Who would have thunk it? Um, decent numbers from Forsberg there. Like to see goalies above a nine in terms of save percentage, regardless of what team they're on. Goals against average is not necessarily indicative of how they're playing, but more so as the team overall and on top of how they're playing. So, uh, sense, um, the times they are a changing and hopefully they are changing for the better. I wish you very, very good luck because I do have a very soft spot in my heart for the Ottawa Senators share if you think it's still um uh, all thy sons command <laughs> um share if, share if you're not totally convinced that the rebuild is over <laughs> share if you think they're not actually a team like Dorian says you remember that video uh what do you what do you what do you, what do you have to say about the upcoming season we're a team <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah 
<laughs> Sense. We wish you nothing but the best. I wish nothing but yeah, the just, best. Yeah, just be just be patient, man. I I think that team is gonna be that team's gonna be awesome. Especially, man, if they fucking win the Shane Wright sweepstakes. Oh, oh, it's gonna be nothing but fun times in Ottawa. Just a quick drive down from Kingston, there, bud. Um, Nolan, this last team, <laughs> certified oh. stinker. Oh, how they've fallen. The Montreal Canadiens with six wins. I cannot believe this is really true. 20 losses and three overtime losses for 15 points. Leading scoring, <laughs> leading scoring forward Nick Suzuki with six goals, 12 assists for 18 points in 29 games. Not as horrible as I, as I thought it would be. Tyler Toffoli... One season after uh, being on a 47-goal pace, has five goals, 12 assists for 17 points in 26 games played. Stinky! And Miles, I was so excited to tell you about this that I didn't want to write it in the notes that I actually wrote it down on here, okay? Miles. Who is their leading defense, or who is their leading scorer on defense? You know what, Nolan? I don't think I could even tell you. I would probably say Jeff Petrie, just throwing it, just chucking one. You'd think so. You'd think maybe, fuck, if it's not Petrie, then it may, you know, maybe it's Shea Weber. Oh, damn it, he's injured. He's out, he's out for the season. You think, hey, maybe it's not Shea Weber. Hey, maybe it's uh maybe it's Alexander Romanov, the young, the young Russian stud. No. Could, it, could it be Victor Mete? Oh wait, they got rid of him. <laughs> could it be? Could it be Joel Edmondson? Nope, it's not him. Could it be Ben Sherratt, the 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 player that that the all the insiders have linked to the Oilers for a first round pick? You are never gonna guess this, Miles. It is actually a former Oiler. Oh no. Ubergate himself, Chris Weidman, has, n- <laughs> has two goals, seven assists for nine points in 22 games. <laughs> oh, that's bad. No wonder your team's goal differential is minus 40. Go Habs, go! I read that and almost felt like I, I like almost had a heart attack. I did the, I did like the, I did like the old lady falling out of the bed thing. <laughs> Goodness, you're you're an old Southern lady in court. Yeah. I must grab my pearls. <laughs> but and 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 I, I like I looked at Petrie's stats because I I figured Petrie was injured or something. No, twenty five games played. Um, this team is two seven and one in their last ten with six straight losses. I did not finish Jeff Petrie's stats. Keep going, King. Twenty five games, zero goals, two assists, two points in the season for for Jeffrey Petrie. Jeffress Petrus. At at this point, Jeffrey Dahmer Petrie. Oh <laughs> no. I'm sorry, Habs. Go to your room. 
Um, that's fucking Ugh. tough, Nolan. How does it go in the crease? Jake Allen, 22 games started. Five wins, 14 losses, two overtime losses, 0.906 save percentage, which is really surprising, <laughs> and a 3.01 GAA. Ooh, so times are tough in Montreal. <laughs> uh, lots, lots of things to work on there, and uh, hopefully our new general manager can make some acquisitions. Just kidding, he doesn't have that accent. Hopefully, uh, we can make some changes here and, and get this team back on track and bring Stanley Cup to Montreal. To be fair, I don't know necessarily if, like, if it's going to be as bad as we all think it will be for the Habs. Like, they've got some, they've got some tough contracts, but I'm not. I'm just actually just looking them up on cap friendly right now just to see how they're like how their expirings are looking because like they oh, well they they currently uh have zero dollars in projected cap space at at this very moment but like Ben Sherratt's gonna be gone oh god they signed Yol Armia for four fucking years oh my god okay never mind maybe this team is actually a lot worse off than I thought Mike Hoffman for three years. Oh, I mean, at least at least their decor, like pretty much their entire decor, is all like are all UFAs. And David Savard has four years at three point five million. So I mean, I guess it's not it's not not too too. Could bad. be worse. Could be worse. Yeah. So, but that that's a team that I could easily see um, a couple of contenders maybe sniffing around at maybe some of the at some of the pieces on there. I wouldn't mind a guy like Cedric Paquette for like the bottom six for the Oilers. Um, I wouldn't mind a guy like. Uh, um, I mean, I, I don't want Ben Sherratt, but like if Ben Sherratt is like a very late round pick, then I maybe be okay with it. But I don't know. It's oh, our our guy, Oiler Killer, Arturi Lekkinen. He's a he's an RFA. Maybe there's maybe there's something there. Okay, enough of the Habs. I'm sorry, but I just wanted to. But like that's another team that God, if they win the Shane Wright sweepstakes, that could be. That could be a killer. You have your like your franchise centerman, and then you have Suzuki right behind him. So that could be nice. Okay, uh, Cole Caulfield sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. You want a you want a tough take? There it is. Um, Nolan. Yes. We're all done. The Atlantic Division. We move on to the Metro. Metro Boomin wants some more, and I am very very happy to introduce this team, who is the third team tied for uh, most points in the NHL first overall. And that is none other than my buddy, Ben and Tanner from Moose Jaws coveted Washington Capitals who are 17, five and six. Good for 40 points. Boom. Chugga-lugga. Uh, leading scorers on this team. And this is just disgusting. <laughs> like this is actually pretty gross to hear. Alexander Ovechkin in 20 games played has 20 goals, goal per game, 24 assists over consistent game 44 points which is tied for second most in the nhl yevgeny kuznetsov the locker room cancer himself in 28 games played has nine goals 21 assists good for 30 points um guess you're glad you kept him. and third is none other than sir thomas wilson uh of of the house of of windsor who has 27 uh games under his belt nine goals 15 assists 24 points looking like he's decided to stop smashing guys face first into the boards and play a little bit of hockey their leading scorer on defense is none other than one John Carlson, uh, who is usually doing very well. Uh, 28 games played, 
six goals, 18 assists for 24 points. He's always up there. That's not surprising to anybody. Goaltenders. Ilya Samsonov. 13 games started, 11 wins, two ties, two losses, two losses, 11 wins, two losses. You're not, not doing your job. Wow, one, one overtime loss, 0.915 save percentage, 2.47 goals against average. Vanacek, 14 games played, back from Seattle. We love to see it. Five wins, three losses, five overtime losses, a 0.908 save percentage, and a 2.51 goals against average. I know at the beginning of the season, a lot of Caps fans were really worried about this duo and, you know, who is going to be the 1A, who is going to be the 2, all that sort of stuff. And it looks like they're getting very similar output from both of their goalies. Their forwards that need to be putting up points are putting up points. Uh, Baxter must be hurt, hey, if he's not in there. Yeah, I believe he yeah. is. Yeah, so for a while, this team is certified wagon status and doesn't have Baxterman. That is scary and should concern anybody in the Eastern Conference, especially in the Metropolitan Division. They're a good fucking hockey team. They're really good. Um, one one quick thing I did want to mention is that when you said Ovechkin, you said in twenty games played, it was twenty eight games played. Just just for the people at home, just so they don't think that Alex Ovechkin is over two points per game. <laughs> That My would be apologies. psycho shit. Oh, it's okay. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say too is I'm assuming you saw the whole thing um, that came out from the Team Canada, like the extended list or whatever of the players that Team Canada is planning to hopefully invite to maybe possibly go to the Olympics, depending on whether or not the uh, NHL actually ends up going to the Olympics. Because, oh yeah, that, that's a story now. Um, um, one of which was Thomas Wilsonus. Yes, one of them was Thomas Wilsonus, um, which... I, I, Canada, I, you know, I understand where you're coming from, and I, and and I, I'm not a big fan of him either. But like, you can't honestly tell me that you've got Mitch Marner not making Team Canada, but Tom Wilson making Team Canada. Like that's just that that's that's just problematic shit, is what that is. It's all fun and games until Tom Wilson runs Austin Matthews from behind in the gold medal game. Yeah, but we don't want him knocking out stars for a long time. And plus, the IIA or the 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 double IHF is a lot more sort of uh, they they crack down on that shit. So stop scamming adults into thinking they're stars. Okay, uh, we have not even gotten through the Eastern Conference yet. Uh, second place, the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, 19 wins, seven losses, one overtime loss for 39 points. Leading scorer, um, like who's just who's having a phenomenal season, Sebastian Ajo, in 26 games played, 15 goals, 17 assists for 32 points. Right behind him, you've got Andrei Svechnikov in 26 games played, nine goals, 12 assists, 21 points, and Tuvo Teravainen with six goals, 14 assists for 20 points in 27 games. Um, Kind of like a mini version of the Florida Panthers where just all four lines are just monsters to score at any time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Nolan, but Nolan, but Nolan, who's the top scorer on defense? Oh, it's uh it's uh it's uh, Jacob Slavin, it's uh it's Ethan Bear, um it's uh Brett Pesci. It's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's a racist. <laughs> 
Watch your tone, Miles. Tony D'Angelo. With uh, four goals, 15 assists for 19 points in 20 games. Damn near point per game player. We don't love to see it. Talk about, take a chance on me. Take a chance on me. He is getting getting fucking 100 years at like $100 million from some team. The New York Rangers have entered the chat. Actually, I wonder, I, I, I wonder, I wonder who's, oh no, this has Philly written all over them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on guys? Tony D'Angelo sliding with the Philadelphia Flyers. Imagine how awful defensively a pairing of Keith Yandel and Tony D'Angelo would be. Yeah, but think about how much fun Gritty would have. <laughs> Gritty's just on parlor now. Uh, <laughs> Um, then uh, backstopping them, you've got Frederick Anderson, the former Leaf, um, putting together his own damn near Vesna caliber campaign with 19 games started, 14 wins, 5 losses, .930 save percentage, and a 1.92 GAA. The Hurricanes are really good. Hurricanes have entered the chat, and they're not leaving. They're not fucking leaving. Third in this division is none other than the New York Rangers, the Broadway Blue Shirts, baby. We're back and we're better than ever. Some people said they were going to be really, really good, Nolan. Some of those people were right. And they have looked very, very good this season. They are 18-6-3, good for 39 points, the same number of points as the aforementioned Carolina Hurricanes. Their leading scorer starting at the top is Artemi Panarin, the bread man, in 27 games played, has nine goals, 23 assists, good for 32 points. Wow! Second on this team is none other than Chris Kreider, who in 27 games played has 17 goals. Holy shit, he has 17 (laughs) goals. Four assists, good for 21 points. That is fucking nasty. Uh, Your leading D scorer on this team is the reigning Norris Trophy winner, Sir Adam Fox who has five goals, 24 assists, good for 29 points in 27 games played. So Mr. Norris himself is averaging over a point a game, and he's really, really good. Uh, in between the pipes, Shesterkin, he's a king. He's actually a ranger. 17 games started, good for a 13-3-2 record, uh, a .937 save percentage, and a 2.05 goals against average. New York Rangers look better and better every week. This team is finding its identity. They're figuring themselves out. They're getting production from the guys they need, uh, guys that they want production out of, minus Capo Kapanen or Capo Capo or whatever the fuck his name is. Capo Capo and Alexis Lafreniere. And Alexis Lafreniere. So I think Lafreniere will turn it around. I don't think Capo or Capo Capo or whatever the fuck his name is is as good as as he was made out to be at second overall or or wherever he went. Uh, But I do think Alexis Texas is going to turn it around. I mean, Alexis Lafreniere is going to turn things around. And uh, yeah, Broadway Blue Shirts, they're fucking good. Good for you, Nick. Good for you, Connor. I'm glad your team's playing good. I hate that they went from Henrik Lundqvist for 15 years, and now they have quite possibly the best goaltender of the NHL at the moment in Ilya Shishjurkin. Um, yeah, God damn it, man! What a what a system of developing goaltenders. Following them, we've got the just they're always in it. The Pittsburgh Penguins, 14, eight and five record for 33 points, fourth in their division, I believe. 
that puts them in a wild card spot. I could be wrong in saying that. Do you believe? They would be in a wild card spot. They would be the first wild card team. Yes. After the uh, boss, before the Boston Bruins. Uh, and leading scoring forward, Jake Gensel in 24 games played as 15 goals, 12 assists for 27 points. Classic Penguins fashion. They've turned Evan Rodriguez into eight goals, 11 assists for 19 points in 27 games. What the fuck? This is bullshit. Why can't the Oilers do this? And he's not third, but I figure I'd throw him out there. Sid the Kid, four goals, 11 assists, 15 points in 15 games. I think Sid's still trying to... figure out his footing and i mean once playoffs come around i think sid will be back to being sid again uh leading scorer defenseman chris letang 23 games played one goal 16 assists for 17 points and maybe the most surprising goaltending performance this year tristan jari in 21 games started has a 12 5 and 4 record for a 0.934 save percentage and a 1.92 gaa Another guy that is in that Vesna discussion. Um, maybe not quite the heart discussion that Shishjurkin is a part of. Yeah, man, I agree with you. Uh, Jar- Jari's been pleasantly surprising this year. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, he's got like three shutouts on the year as well. So he is doing some individual shit. He's doing some team shit. And Pittsburgh has been uh, just like we thought at the preseason talk. I don't want to be cocky here nolan but i think i'm four for four maybe not i think i had i'm trying to think spit it out you fucking idiot um i'm not sure if i had the islanders in the playoffs or not in my preseason preview but i think that i did say pittsburgh was going to be good and that the rangers were going to be good so i i think i might be four for four here so far we will see that being said nolan there is another team um that is on the cusp of of this division and that is one columbus blue jackets one year removed from sir tortorella himself 14 wins 11 losses one overtime loss good for 29 points their leading scorer is oliver bjorkstrand who in 26 games played has nine goals 14 assists good for 23 points uh jakob voracek former philadelphia flyer 26 games played one goal, 21 assists, 22 points. That's okay because he gets paid to pass the puck, not pot it. Uh, they are getting line A back very soon in case you're wondering why he does not appear on this list. And then we will see how he is doing. Uh, leading scoring defenseman is none other than Jake Wierenski, the king. Zach. Zach, what did I say, Jake? Yeah. I drink like heavily. <laughs> Zach Wierenski, I'm so sorry. He is a stud and deserves nothing but the highest of praises because in 26 games played, he has five goals, 12 assists, good for 17 points. Very, very good numbers from a defenseman uh, on a team that isn't like an offensive juggernaut. So take that with a grain of salt. Uh, Damn good for you, my dude. Goaltending, Elvis Merzalinkins. Uh, 17 games started this season good for an 11 5 and 1 record very uh very clearly taken on the the reins here as Jonas Corposalo has 17 games started uh but we're talking about Mirza Lincolns he is 11 5 and 1 good for 8.9915 side percentage and a 2.87 goals against average Columbus Blue Jackets Certainly better than I thought they were going to be this year. I know you were very high on them, Nolan, but uh, they're getting a lot of production from some of the younger guys on that team. The, the dudes that are getting paid to score are doing it. Max Domi, I'm not sure where you are, but I'm hoping that you can pick things up a little bit too. And and Line A, I would 
Uh, as much as I want to see him flounder and, and get to the Oilers for cheap, I, I want to see him be successful, and I want to see him be successful in Columbus. Um, Max Domi actually is, uh, he's like, he's been injured a lot, but he's been point per game. Actually, he's uh, got like 15 points in like 15 games oh, or something. Perfect. So he's having a really, he's having a really nice bounce yeah. back. I, I'm happy to hear that because I'm, I like Max Domi. I like the, like the advocate that he is. I'm glad he got the fuck out of Montreal because it was really hard not to cheer for him, but I loved him when he was in Arizona. So awesome that he's, he's doing that and hopefully he can stay healthy. I agree. I like Columbus. Columbus is fun. I think I think they're just I think they're just they're 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 boring but fun if that makes sense. Um and no. Cole and Cole Sillinger has been a nice little revelation for them. Go Regina. Uh another team that is just not quite there, but I'm, I I think they'll be there soon. The New Jersey Devils. 10-11 and 5 record for 25 points which makes them sixth in their division. Uh, leading scoring forwards, Jesper Bratt, with uh, eight goals, 16 assists for 24 points in 26 games, and a massively needed comeback from Andreas Janssen, um, who after signing that contract with Toronto last year, looked like it was going to be a fucking poison pill of a contract for the Devils. Nine goals, 10 assists for 19 points in 26 games played. And following that up, you got Nico Heischer with 25 games played, three goals, 13 assists, and 16 points on the season. So a, a, a team that forward-wise you you want a little bit more. Um, I think the wing help probably, or I think I think uh, I think the guys on the wing have not been a whole lot of help for their young centers. And Jack Hughes is finally just getting back. Um, he's basically point per game as well. So. You just want to see growth out of this team more than anything. And the growth definitely helps when you have one of the best defensemen in the league. And Dougie Hamilton has six goals, nine assists for 15 points in 23 games played. And all the underlying numbers look really positively for Dougie Hamilton. He's fit in like a glove in New Jersey. That's really great to see. And finally... In the crease, you've got Mackenzie Blackwood, 13 games started, five wins, four losses, three overtime losses, .911 save percentage, 2.84 GAA, and Jonathan Bernier, the guy they signed to be their pseudo-starter-in-a-pinch-1B situation, eight games started, four wins, four losses, one overtime loss, .902 save percentage, and a 3.06 GAA. Devils are coming along. Devils are coming along. Devils are doing what needs to be done. Um, I think that they are well on their way to becoming a good team. Like you said, not quite there yet. Um, and hoping for the best for them. Uh, a team that I am, despite being very good friends with, a, a big super fan of theirs. A team that I am not hoping does very well. That's a fucking terrible segue. Next team on here, Philadelphia Flyers. So Sorry, Ramis Winston. 10 wins, 12 losses for overtime losses. Good for 24 points and 7th in the division. Their leading scoring forward is none other than Claude Giroux, who in 26 games played has 10 goals, 13 assists, good for 23 points. Um, Sean Couturier, the two-way dynamo who just signed a big contract this offseason, has 26 games under his belt, 6 goals, 10 assists, good for 16 points. Their leading scorer on the back end are none other than Mr. Sonk himself, Keith Yandel, who has no goals, 10 assists, 10 points, 
He's a dash 14. Ah! Uh, and then Ivan Provorov, 26 games played, two goals, six assists, good for eight points. Uh, goaltending, this has been a big question mark for them all season. Cardahat, 17 games started, six wins, eight losses, three overtime losses, 0.913 save percentage and 2.91 goals against average, which are actually like pretty decent numbers, especially for how this team has been defensively. Um, you can't be terribly mad at those, but I think that it's the timeliness and like the memeliness, if that's a word, add it to the dictionary Webster's that some of these goals have been where they've like whipped around the boards, popped out, he's fallen and they've like gone past him shit like that. So kind of had, playing well individually with what's going on there, but it, it definitely needs to take a bigger step forward. Martin Jones, the shark man himself, half man, half shark is also hanging around there. He's four, four and one with a 3.37 goals against average, any 0.908 save percentage. So numbers that are quite similar ish to Katahat in much less games. Glad Katahat is getting the opportunity to play those games for those Philadelphia Flyers. Um, but Asmus Roostalainen has been a big, uh, a big fucker for them this season. <laughs> I think that that's really hurting them. Um, my question for the chat, and I actually saw this uh, on Facebook, um, Boomer, um, <laughs> should Claude Giroux get the opportunity to chase a cup elsewhere? Quick answer, Nolan, yes or no? Absolutely. Absolutely, he's 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 been the captain for I think like almost like either like nine or ten years at this point. Um, unless he wants to stick around, which I mean I, I I understand like giving him like another contract if he really did want it. But at this point, like send him off somewhere where he, where he can actually go and win. I think that there's a few teams that I think really make a lot of sense. I think probably the biggest being Colorado. Um, if I'm being honest, a, a, a guy that I would be really interested in if maybe Ken, Kenny Holland wanted to make something work. I don't know how they would make it work, but if that is something that maybe uh, he could entice Chuck Fletcher and the Philadelphia Flyers brass. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to see Claude Giroux, win, or Claude Giroux go win a cup somewhere. It'd be so funny if he ended up getting traded to like Columbus to go play with <laughs> fucking Jacob Voracek again. Back in the sack with Jack. Well, closing out the Metropolitan Division, the New York Islanders. Who would have thunk it? 7-11-5 record for 19 points. Last in the division. Leading scoring forwards, Matthew Barzell, in 23 games played, has 5 goals, 12 assists for 17 points. And behind him, you've got Oliver Wallstrom, in 23 games played. Has eight goals, five assists, and thirteen points. Oof. And um, leading defensive scoring, uh, Noah Dobson. Uh, three goals, five assists for eight points in twenty-one games played. And probably the most shocking stat of this team: poor Ilya Sorokin. Seventeen games started, seven wins, six losses, four overtime losses. 0.925 safe percentage and a 2.49 GAA. 
And Semyon Varlamov is more along the lines of what you'd expect from this Islanders team. Six games started, 0-5-1 record, .884 save percentage, 3.29 GAA. So, like, you can't blame it on the goaltending because Sorokin has been phenomenal. But, like, boy, this team is... I was just expecting them to kind of get their shit together and they'd be all right, but it's looking bleak for the Islanders at this point. Shane Wright, Matthew Barzell... Dirty. I don't want to. Come on. He won't. What? So he can. So he can play there for three years and then fuck off. Yeah. So yeah. So Shane Wright can go. Can go fucking play in the super like defensive system and have a career high of like sixty two points. Like no way, Jose. No way, Jose. No one. Yes, Miles. Let's take it out west. West side. The Central Division, and the surprising rise. Of the Minnesota Wild. First place in the Central Division. 19 wins, 8 one, eight losses, 1 overtime loss. Good for 39 points for those of you keeping track at home. That puts them off 1 point behind the league leaders tied for first in the NHL. So they're damn good. They are talking about elite company here. Their leading scorers, Capri's daddy, Krill Kaprizov, 10 goals, 22 assists, good for 32 points in 28 games played. Ryan Hartman, who has been a freak this season, uh, 13 point, 13 goals, 10 assists, 23 points in his 28 games played. And Matt Zuccarello, fuck you, Nolan, I spelled it wrong on purpose. Eight goals, 14 <laughs> assists, good for 22 points in 22 games played. So he is a point-per-game player. Very, very cool. Uh, their leading defensive Point producer is none other than Alex Goal Agoski, ha ha ha, who has three goals, 15 assists, good for 18 points in 25 games played. He is 18 points, or sorry, 18 minutes in penalties and a plus 13 as well. So he's taking care of it in his own end. Cameron Talbot, we talked about him at the top of the episode, uh, has been all alone in net. He's uh, five, six, and zero with a 2.71 goals against average and a 0.917 save percentage. So Cam Talbot is doing 2017 Oilers things on this Minnesota Wild team. Um, they're like this defensively responsible. They score goals. They like make it a close game against offensive dynamos. Like you saw in that game against the Leafs, they fought back to lose 4-3. Uh, they're just a very like talented, solid, good team, and I like what uh, what Bill Guerin's got going on there in, in Minnesota. Yeah, they're just this team is one of those is one of those clubs where it's like just one center man, one top line center. Could you imagine if they would have got Jack Eichel? Oh, oh my god, be gross. Oh, I certainly was yeah. certainly wasn't expecting Ryan Hartman to be the player he was this year, but that's. You know, they kind of have that Pittsburgh effect, right? Where they, they, they find guys that play in the system and play in the system well and are successful in that system and, and prop themselves up. So good on them. I'm trying to see um, I'm trying to see how long he uh, how long he has a contract for because I would love to find out whether or not he's like being totally hosed on this contract for the performance he's putting up right now. Um, oh dear lord, honey. Uh, in the first year of a three-year deal that pays him one point seven a year. Oh, brother! Poor guy. <laughs> That's what we call a value contract. Yeah, man. Could you imagine him hitting the open market? Some team like I don't know the Oilers might might give him eight years at five million dollars per. Probably more. Oh. Number two, the St. Louis Blues. 
Um, does that 15... hurt? Does that hurt? That? Does, does that hurt you to say the St. Louis Blues at number two? Yeah, does that hurt you to say? Not really. Okay, as you were. I think I I think I still think they'll probably fall off. Uh, fifteen eight and five record for thirty five points, leading leading the team or leading the team in scoring is Jordan Cairo with nine goals, 16 assists and 20 for 25 points in 27 games played. A big like analytics people were kind of like, "Hey, Jordan Cairo could be really awesome this year." And lo and behold, he's really good. Uh Pavel Buchnevich with 11 goals, 12 assists for 23 points in 26 games and big comeback from Vlad Tarasenko. Would you put dash 2 for? Because he's a dash two. Yeah, he's got all these points, and he's a dash two. He's playing. Yeah, he's playing peak Russian hockey. <laughs> eight goals, twenty five assists. Uh, wait a minute, is it eight goals, twenty three assists for twenty five points? I don't know. Do, no. do the math. <laughs> or is it eight goals, twenty five assists for thirty three points? That would make more sense. Maybe he's leading the team in scoring. He's, I don't know. He's not. He's third. I fucked up. Whatever. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Leading deed scoring is Tori Krug with four uh, four goals, nine assists for thirteen points in twenty three games. It seems kind of low for how good the the Blues have been. And Colton Pareko is right there with them. Uh, five five goalies have played a game for them this year, but Jordan Bennington has sixteen starts, eight five and three record for a .912 save percentage and a two point eight zero GAA. You want that to be lower for Jordan Bennington because we don't like Jordan Bennington here. We get a lot of shit for that, man. I, the DMs are always hot after after we shit on Bennington, and I don't understand why he has like this following that he does. Because like, look at this dude's career numbers, and he's not like the standout stud goalie that everybody thinks he is. He's like wildly mediocre. Not mediocre. He's above average, but like he's maddeningly above average, if that makes sense. And people treat him like the one playoff run is worth its weight in gold. And like, he's cool. Like Benny's a fucking snap case on the ice, the way that he swings a stick at players and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting for the house of cards that Jordan Bennington has built around him to kind of, um, kind of cave in on him a little bit, but you like Bennington, whatever. Good for you. If he wins Canada a gold medal, I will actually go Instagram live and eat my hat, cover it in barbecue sauce and eat my hat. Miles, are you nervous? Do I look nervous? <laughs> Speaking of teams that are not nervous, the Nashville Predators, the identity crisis Predators themselves, 17 wins, 10, uh, 10 losses, and one overtime loss. Good for 35 points. They're also winners of their five last games at the time of this recording. Their leading scorer on this team is actually a defenseman, and it is none other than the Swiss King Roman Yossi, who has nine goals. 18 assists good for 27 points in 28 games played so very very close to a point per game player from the back end that is very cool Mikhail Grenlund has five goals 22 assists good for 27 points Matthew Douche Shane has 13 goals 12 assists good for 25 points that man is on fire and another blast from the past year is none other than Ryan Johansson the nose scratch himself uh eight goals 16 assists good for 24 points so between granlin duchene and and ryan johansson wow. coming back i actually like, did not realize how how good they they're actually playing wow yeah Holy shit. they they've been very very good recently and we've talked about yossi we've talked about duchene a guy on this team that is 
fantastic. Fan freaking tastic. Everybody knows he's fantastic, but does not get the credit that he deserves is none other than UC Saros. 22 games played, 13 wins, eight losses, one overtime loss. 0.925 save percentage and a 2.24 goals against average. That goals against average isn't otherworldly, but that save percentage is very, very good. And the 13 wins in 22 games, like Saros is is a graduate of the Peke, uh, Pekka Rene school of goaltending. And it certainly shows um, Nashville when everybody thought they were done has, has proven otherwise. And just based on wins in terms of the NHL statistics, they would actually be second in the central and the blues would be third. Hey miles. Do you know who UC Saros's backup is? Uh, Connor Ingram. Big save Dave. Well, both of them. Big save Dave and Connor Ingram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that but like I, I always forget that David Riddick signed with the friggin' Nashville Predators. Where are you? And I'm so sorry. One of my favorite teams to talk about though, and I'm not sorry for it, the Colorado Avalanche, because they're really good. Uh sixteen seven and two record for thirty four points for basically clanging on to that, that sort of fourth wild card spot. Not for long. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm pretty certain that they're going to win the division now that Nathan McKinnon's back and this team is finally starting to get all healthy again. Uh, leading scorers at, at the forward position, Nazem Kadri having just a fantastic, phenomenal year, contract year. Uh, 11 goals, 23 assists for 34 points in 22 games. Miko Rantanen, 12 goals, 15 assists for 27 points in 22 games. And Gabe Landeskog, 9 goals, 18 assists, 27 points in 22 games. This team is stupid up front. And just as good as they are up front, they have Kale McCarr leading the way on the back end with 12 goals, 13 assists for 25 points in 22 games. Man, 12 goals in 22 games is so fucking good for a defenseman. Dude, he, did you see the clip of him, like skating literally skating through five opposing players and tucking the puck he's yeah he's ridiculous he his edge work is like if i'm i want if i'm lucky enough Nolan, i'm gonna have a son or a daughter who is wants to play hockey and i'm going to spend hours with them teaching them how to skate and most of the off-ice training is just going to be watching kale mccarr videos because his fucking edge work is unbelievable yeah. Um, if I didn't have ankles like a baby deer, I would try to do that myself, but I can't. He's like, oh God, I, I could, I could go on for hours about how, just like how much fun he is to watch. Like it's, it's, it's redonkulous. It's not even, not even ridiculous. It's redonkulous. It is redonk, dude. And the stonks are looking good on Kale, my car. We might not see a, a, a Norris go to like it might just be Fox McCarr, Fox McCarr, Fox McCarr, Fox McCarr for the rest of history. Evan Bouchard gets his way in there. Yes. Sorry, I should be wiser. King. King Evan. King Evan, hot dentine daddy. Um, speaking of goalies, Nolan. <laughs> Oof. Darcy Kemper. The first round the first round trade boy. Uh eighteen games played, two point eight two GAA, point nine zero six save percentage. For a guy that put up those numbers that he did in Arizona, you want something a little bit better. 
Agreed. It's not great to see. Agreed. Coming coming off of Philip Grubauer, where he was, you know, um, Vesna candidate um, to to have Kemper putting up the numbers he is. Admittedly, uh, they've won f- their their last four games in a row, and I think that Kemper has been playing significantly better as of late. Um, but those numbers should even out in time. Um, you want him to be better, he will be better. I, I I certainly wouldn't close the door. I would leave the door open, and I will leave the door open. Agree that they are going to be a force to be reckoned with in this division and and make some pretty exciting pushes here uh, coming towards the end of the season. Speaking of teams that make pushes, but this is from their bums. Um, no, <laughs> the nemesis of the Oilers, the team I hate more than anything else. I'm very glad this organically worked out that I get to talk about the Winnipeg Jets. Pew, pew, pew. 15 wins, 8 losses, 5 overtime losses, good for 31 points. Their leading scorer is none other than Ugly Kyle, who has 18 goals, 14 assists, good for 32 points in 27 games. Pierre-Luc Dubois has 13 goals, 10 assists, good for 23 points. And Andrew Kopp has 7 goals, 13 assists, and 20 points in the same number of games. I believe they all have played 27. Their leading defensive scorer is Mr. Hitman himself, Neil Pionk, <laughs> who has two goals, 14 assists, good for 16 points in 24 games, and is only a plus four. Now, Nolan, there is a name that is missing here who did not get named Nolan. Who would that player be? Would it perhaps be Gamer Mark? Yes, it would perhaps be Gamer Mark, who is not in the top five of the scoring on this team. That is organic. That gives me life as the TikTok kids say, it was extremely rewarding not to put his name in here and not to have to fudge numbers to do so. Thank you, Gamer Mark, for sucking this season so far. Please don't have that comeback and bite me in the ass. I feel like that could be a soundbite. Yeah, he's 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 definitely scoring like six goals in the Oilers next, next time they play. Yeah, this one goes out to one for one. I listen to your podcast as motivation. You freaking frickers are freaking counting me out, you freaking frick. That's actually a that's actually a pretty decent Mark Shifley impression. Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not even joking. Like I spe- the uh, the the video of him going, "Hey boys, is there anything better than beating the Leafs?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gross. God, he's so lame. So lame. Speaking of guys who are lame, kind of not a great segue. Connor Hellebuck. I like Connor Hellebuck. He's just a freak like a weird dude, like not like a freak in net. Like he is obviously he's a good goalie, but just as a human being, I feel like he has a freezer in the basement, like full of limbs. I just, I remember during the playoffs, the video of him doing the, uh, the eye doing thing. Like the, yeah. The yeah. fucking eye exercise. The, yeah. Yeah. He, he looks insane. He has a, a freezer full of limbs. RCMP, please go check it out. Wow, Miles. Thanks for teeing me up for this next one. Yes, I'm excited. Things are just, everything's coming up Millhouse. Uh, Connor Hellebuck in 21 games has 10 wins, 7 losses, 4 splits, 4 overtime losses, uh, 0.917 save percentage, and a 2.64 goals against average. Having a very good year. Um, probably going to be on the American Olympic team. Should certainly be on the Olympic team. Whether he starts or not is a different question but like man he's a very very good goalie and has that game stealer ability so winnipeg jets there you are in fifth in your division nolan who's in sixth yes so the dallas stars are in sixth place the 13 10 
and two record for 28 points in the division. Leading forwards, my guy Joe. I'm not calling him a hoe because Miles wrote that in there. I'm not calling him Hope Pavelski because he's not a hoe. He's he's Joe Pavelski. Pavelski. He is he Captain is, America. He is Hope Pavelski. 37 years old, but nine goals, 12 assists for 21 points in 25 games. Jason Robertson, a line mate of his, eight goals, 12 assists for 20 points in 19 games. And it's Rupe, Miles. Not Rope, Rupe. Read it. Read it how I spelt it. With 11 goals, seven assists for 18 points in 24 games. Um, Motherfucker, say it. What's I can't even dot dot. Who's the dot? No circle. Uh, Rope Hines. Oh, Rope Hines is the one that's 11, 7, and 18 in 24 games. And then what the, what the hell's the next one? Because I know that I'm assuming it, like, is, is that uh, Jamie Ben with seven oh. goals, six assists? It is. It, you're, you're probably it, wondering where Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan are. Yes. And uh, Jamie Ben has seven goals, six assists for 13 points in 25 games. And Tyler Sagan, unfortunately, seven goals, four assists for 11 points in 25 games played. I wrote LOL in capital letters because Tyler Sagan is spending too much time thinking with his little head and not his hands. <laughs> Leading the defenseman, Miro Heiskanen with three goals, 13 assists, 16 points in 25 games. Dash five on the air. That's 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 a tough hang for Miro. And none other than Braden Holtby now leading this team for, with 14 games played to uh, Jake Ottinger and Anhan, who'd open seven games each. Holtby is 5-6-1 and one in 14 games played with a 2.39 GAA and a .923 save percentage. And that's not even the best numbers on the Dallas Stars. That would actually be Jake Ottinger. As Miles wrote in here, Ott is so fucked, lol. 5-1 and one record with a 1.52 GAA and .951 save percentage. Holy smokes. I didn't realize he was so good. That's why I wrote, like, Jake Onger is fucked. Like, he's, he, he's out here doing disrespectful shit to grown men. Jake, keep it in your pants. Jake, keep it. You're Captain America now. Take the shield. Go. Um, the Olympics smiles upon you, brother. Probably won't make the team, honestly. <laughs> um, should, but probably won't. Um, next up, Nolan. The Chicago Black Hacks, team that has been surrounded by controversy this year, or as the British say, controversy. Controversy. Um, 10 wins, 15 losses, good for, uh, and two overtime losses, good for 22 points. Their leading defensive scorer and their leading scorer overall is Seth Miss Jones, who has three goals, 20 assists, good for 23 points in 27 games, although he sits at dash eight on the year lol their leading forwards are none other than mvp candidate from last season patrick kane seven goals 15 assists 22 points in 23 games alex to 14 goals six assists 20 points in 27 games and brandon hagel who has eight goals four assists 12 points in 24 games played um Interestingly enough, Nolan, three out of those four players are American. One, two, three, four, uh, one, two, three on that team in terms of points is American, um, but they are all players with minus numbers. Nolan, there is only there is only one Chicago Blackhawk who has played more than ten games who has a plus 
minus that is positive. Can you guess who it is? It's in the notes. Eric Gustafson is the <laughs> only positive player on this team with more than 10 games played, and he is a plus two. So Eric Gustafson for for Norris? I mean, that's that's the only reasonable option here. Um, just wild how poor this team is defensively. And speaking of poor, poor, poor boy, Marc-Andre Fleury, better known as Math, is 8-10 uh, and 10 on the year, which is actually not that bad. Uh, 0.913 save percentage and a 2.79 goals against average. Kevin Lankinen gets to pick up the rest of the pieces there in Chicago. So shout out Marc-Andre Fleury. Shout out, like... Eric Gustafson, I don't know. Hopefully you guys figure it out because that's a fucking tough look. Oh, man. That's, yeah, the the Blackhawks are just, I that, that now long-term, that's a fuck team. I just, I mean, I guess, I guess the Kane and Taves contracts are done next season, but like, holy shit. I mean, Seth Jones for nine and a half million dollars. That's not good at all. Um, Speaking, Speaking of, of not, not good at all, not good at all. Oh! But but a team, but believe it or not, a team that does look pretty good for the foreseeable future. I shouldn't say foreseeable because that would include right now, which it doesn't look great right now. The Arizona Coyotes, the five twenty and two record for twelve points. Losers of five straight. <laughs> Oh my god, poor poor coyotes. Um, I also love too that they're they're so bad and they're just owning the whole like Louis Erickson thing. They just keep on posting photos of Louis Erickson and be like, what a king. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Um But uh yes, twelve points in the season, leading forwards on the team in scoring, Clayton Keller, six eleven or six goals, eleven assists for seventeen points in twenty seven games. Fill the thrill. Four goals, 11 assists, 15 points in 27 games. Oof. And Lawson Kraus. <laughs> Former, uh, I think, 11th overall pick in the McDavid draft. Six goals, five assists for 11 points in 27 games played. Um, yikes. Put your uh, best foot forward, Yotes. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. Actually, uh, fun fact, Miles. I don't know if you know. Do you know? How many players, or how many, sorry, how many forwards are signed beyond this season? On this team? Yeah. Three. Oh, wow, you got it. Good good job. And how many are signed beyond the season after? Is it just Clayton Keller? It's Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz. Okay. Oh, That's it. I forgot about Nick Schmaltz. Yeah. And as for defensemen, do you know how many defensemen are signed past this season? It's probably just Chikrin. Chikrin and Gossespierre. And Gossespierre. Ah, how could I forget? Who, speaking of which, Shane Gossespierre, second overall on the team with four goals, 13 assists, 17 points, and 27 games played. Uh, I could get into this. Like, I know the analytics crowd loves Shane Gossespierre, but I'm just... Just, I'm so out on him. Um, Ryan and Ryan Dezingle is even, so he's uh, not even a, a plus or a minus. He's just an even. No, no one as a forward. The reason that I included that in there is because Ryan Zingle is the only 
plus or even player on this team. Oh, no. <laughs> Much like the Chicago Blackhawks, there is only one, and it is Ryan Zingle, who is even in 16 games. Oh, that's no good. Um, and, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no good the uh the goaltending situation um i believe it's is it Lu- Lu- lucas v- uh, I, I i i can't remember what his first name is but vejmelka and scott wedgwood uh vejmelka has 16 games started uh or sorry uh, 16 games played and wedgwood has 11 games played veg is a 2 11 and 1 record holy shit with a 3.28 GAA and a .902 save percentage. And Mr. Vesna himself, Scott Wedgwood, 3-6-1 record with a 2.91 GAA and .9, or sorry, .912 save percentage. Um, at this point, it's just get through the season. That's that's all. Get through the season. Rack up those, rack up those draft picks. I still think this team can probably nab themselves at least a couple of seconds, maybe even a couple firsts out of the out of this trade deadline. I mean, I could easily see like Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz maybe going at the deadline. I don't think they get rid of Keller, man. I think if you're going to keep anybody on that team, it's it's got to be Keller and Chickren. But yeah, I don't know. It it all depends. Yeah, like it all depends. Like I mean like bill armstrong like these aren't like like these aren't his guys so i i i don't know like it's it's really tough to say i mean like we kind of saw this with like the leafs when they were when they were trading guys like freaking phil kessel and all that or just like guys that still had some term left on them but it's tough to say that's true man and that that comparison of kessel and keller like just in terms of like term and like being a, a gm's guys could totally see yeah. clayton keller going somewhere and just and just being a a freak like going somewhere yeah. and being an addition to a cup team and, you know, getting his rings with Sid or something like that. Right. So yeah, I'm a big Clayton Keller guy. I think he's a hell of a hockey player. I've liked him since, you know, he was on the world junior team for the Americans and I think he can be a freak. I think he certainly, certainly can. So hopefully good things are coming for him, whether that's in the desert or elsewhere. Surprise. Uh, one of us got tired. I'm, I'm not going to say who it, it might be the one that lives on the east on the east side of the country. Um, so we held off the Pacific Division until the next day. You'll happen to notice maybe I sound a little bit more lively. I could be wrong. You never know. Uh, but you'll notice that we do talk about the lineup adjustments and Dave Tippett being out with COVID reasons in this uh, second half here. So I hope you all enjoy. Well, Miles, let's now discuss the specific division. The specific division. I'm coming home. Like the Daughtry song. To the place where I belong. But, but, in, but in this instance, I just want to leave my hometown because my hometown makes me so mad. Uh, one for one bingo. We'll get to that. But before we get, before we get to what makes us sad, we have to talk about the uh, pace setter of the Pacific Division. A dark horse. A Katy Perry dark horse. One that we weren't expecting at the start of the season because... No one had the Anaheim Ducks on their 2021 leading the Pacific Division bingo card. I, I am confident in saying. Uh, 16, 9, and 5, good for 37 points in the division. Their leading scorer is none other than Troy Terry. 
17 goals, 11 assists, 28 points in 29 games played. Uh, next up, we've got Trevor Zegras, the Greek king, the stallion. Shout out, Chris. Uh, six goals, 16 assists, good for 22 points. And Sonny Milano, eight goals, 12 assists, uh, good for 20 points. All, both Trevor and and Sonny are both in 29 games played as well. Oh, and by the way, Troy Terry, Trevor Zegers, and Sonny Milano, yeah, they're all under 25 years old. Fucking gross. Leading defensive scorer on this team is none other than Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, five goals, 11 assists, and 16 points in 30 games played. Um, again, the resurgence of Kevin Shattenkirk, a defenseman that I don't think a lot of people had being a, a team leader, especially not on this blue line. Uh, and and here he is. In the back end, they are supported by none other than the king, the prince, the American backstopper, Mr. Jonathan Gibson. No, what, Jonathan, what's his name? John Gibson. Gibson. John Gibson. Yeah, John Gibson. I, I was correct. I need to believe in myself a little bit more. Jonathan Gibson, who has 22 games under his belt this season, 11, uh, 7, and 4, with a .918 save percentage and a 2.57 goals against average. Very good numbers there. Nolan, Ducks, thoughts. Um, Miles, on a note of on a note of you believing in yourself, um, you're familiar with the movie A Star Is Born, right? Um, spoiler alert: I know that he like pisses himself in it, but that's about it. I haven't seen it. Okay, well, do you know who the actor Bradley Cooper is? Um, one of the few movies I have seen is all three of the hangovers. So okay, yes, I do. Okay. Okay. Great. So, so Todd Phillips, who famously directed, um, uh, the hangover old school and Joker, um, he's a producing partner with Bradley Cooper. And when Bradley Cooper made a star is born, he not only started in it, but he also directed it. And there's this like famous story about how Todd Phillips apparently wrote like a, like a letter for Bradley Cooper before he made a star is born. And he's like, I wish you would believe in yourself just as much as I believe in you. Is that us? That That's exactly us. That's exactly what was running through my mind. So, yes, please believe in yourself more often, Miles, because you know what? Nine times out of ten, you're probably right. Thank you. This is this is going well. <laughs> I like this a lot. I like you. Have a cupcake. Um, <laughs> that stupid TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, <clears throat> I'm still kind of expecting this team to maybe fall off. Um, I think Troy Terry shooting at 24% is a little bit unsustainable at this point. Um, Sonny Milano shooting at 17% is a little concerning as well. Um, just because I just don't know if I totally see that, that shooting percentage holding up and a guy like Sonny Milano, it's kind of, he's at, he's at his last stop at this point where he has to, he has to figure it out. And if he carves out a nice, like middle six role for himself, that, that, that would be really good for him. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I, it's surprising and it's sort of similar to the conversation we had with, uh, or who is it that we had this conversation that we had, um, like the, uh, oh my God, young team. And we said we want, we wanted like the Red Oilers. Wings. Red Wings. There you go. Very similar to like the Red Wings situation where they have solid leadership and Ryan Getzlaff and Kevin Shattenkirk and Ricard Raquel still there, Cam Fowler as well. But they've got a lot of these young guys coming up. Uh, Trevor Zegris, uh, freaking uh, uh, Jamie Drysdale, obviously the guys that you mentioned. Like Maxime Comtois, yeah. Sam Steele, like they got a, a, a number of young guys on this team. Yeah, so I I think that it it doesn't hurt to have a lot of these guys learning from guys that know how to win, and 
I mean, I like I said, I still don't expect them to make the playoffs. I think that they're I think that their their success is a little unsustainable. We'll see where it goes from here, but it's I mean, I hate the Ducks because the Ducks uh, ruined my heart because uh, the Oilers went all the way to the Stanley Cup final only five years ago, and uh, and uh, then I'm, I'm just kidding. I mean, they went on their play, playoff run, <laughs> and then the Ducks stopped them. Dicks. So another thing I wanted to say, because I do agree with you wholeheartedly, uh, the best plus minus on this team. So you can tell when the notes switch because Miles, who's obsessed with plus minus, is going to be talking about it a lot in the Western conferences. Um, But the best plus minus on this team is Kevin Shattenkirk at seven, which like, again, what we've been talking about and what we're going to talk about a bit later in the pod for kind of like benchmarking statistics isn't all that great. So like this Anaheim Ducks team, uh, there are some people and different podcasts that are like all in their away and this, that, and the other thing. But I agree with you, Nolan. I do think that they are going to kind of revert back to the mean of, of where they should be as a team, where they, you know, kind of are as a team uh, and things are going to flatten out a little bit for them. That being said too, they've had a, not like an easy schedule, but they have had like a little bit more of a favorable, favorable schedule. They've caught a lot of teams as they were in slides uh, and gotten some dubs there. And when they get up against like a real workhorse or, or like a, you know what I mean? A little bit more of a, of a, of a legitimate team. I don't want to discredit what they're doing, but like they lost four, three to the, to the flames in a shootout recently. Right. Like they're when they, when they go up against the Goliath, they're, they're, crashing down to earth a little bit so um ducks good on you i like seeing you you're entertaining trevor zegers is a fun hockey player to watch that goal that that he scored with milano there that everybody was talking about was really cool nice for the game all that sort of stuff but i do think that the ducks are going to um come quacking down oh that was that was epic reference thanks dog speaking of epic Who's number two? The Calgary Flames, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, no! I'm ruined! Uh, with a 15-7-6 record for 36 points, second in the division. They were kind of clanging on to first for a while there, and they'll probably take it back pretty shortly. Leading scorers, I mean, don't call it a comeback for him. Jonathan Hockey, uh, 10 goals, 20 assists for 30 points in 28 games. Elias Lindholm, one of my favorite players, 11 goals, 16 assists for 27 points in 28 games. And Matthew Kachuk, 12 goals, 11 assists for 23 points in 28 games. As far as I know, this has been a line, and this has been like their their like most dominant line that they've been playing. Um, Sean Monahan has been uh, just weirdly clinging down to the bottom six, like a like a like an old infection that you're just trying to get rid of off your foot. Um, <laughs> Do you have any ointment for the gangrene? Get the fuck out of here, Sean. <laughs> uh, leading their defensive core is Oliver Shillington. I did not know he is leading this team in points uh, from, from the back end. With three goals, 12 assists for 15 points in 27 games. As Miles put it, he's a plus seven. Um, this has been kind of one of those guys that's like a sneaky breakout this year. Although, if you talk to a lot of analytics people, they would say... Um, Actually, guys, uh, Oliver Shillington was really good last year. It was just that the coaching staff didn't play him, and he was on waivers, so every team looked stupid. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Chris Tanev has just been fantastic for them. And a signing that I was a little bit, uh, you know, curious about at the time was the Chris Tanev signing, and he somehow 
pulled it together and has actually contributed to being one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL. Um, and then I, I think that the, the story of this team just wraps all around this guy, Jacob Markstrom, with 10, 10 wins, 6 losses, 5 overtime losses, with a .933 save percentage, 1.94 GAA, and 5 shutouts. A lot of those coming within the first, like, what, 15 games or whatever the hell it was? I think he had a, a three-week or three-game stint where he had two and, like, had, like, a point-something, like, dumb numbers. He was first star of the week. He was crazy. And that um, bol- bolstered his numbers. But regardless, not taking anything away from him, Markstrom is having a, just a stupid, unconscious-level season. Uh, and he's been playing really well. The numbers show it and is, like, the glue, the backbone of this team. This nation's backbone. Uh, Mexican tilt wall workers are this nation's backbone. Uh, Miles, do you have anything else you want to say on the Flames, or can we uh, can we can we spit them out and move on? Um, enjoy it, Flames fans. Good good for you. A reminder that you are not the enemy anymore. You're still an enemy, but you are not the nemesis. That's all I have to say oh, about them. Quick thing, and we and every time we do a State of the Union, I will I will follow up and ask this question. Do you think Johnny Hockey is a flame next year? Um, no, I don't. Neither do I. Continue. I'm glad that we got that out of the way, Nolan, because the next team that we're talking about is the one, oh. the only, your Edmonton Oilers. I was expecting more of an Edmonton Oilers. No, I'm always jacked up. No one for the for the copper and blue. I stand for you. 16 wins, 10 losses, zero overtime losses. Good for 32 points. Currently on a five-game losing streak. We love to see it. Uh, leading scores. I'm kidding. We don't love to see it. It fucking keeps me up at night. Uh, leading scores. None other than Leon Dreisaitl and Kana McDavid. Leon's got 23 goals, 22 assists. Good for 45 points in 26 games. Connor's got 16 bingos, 29 assists for 45 and 26 as well. And third, but certainly not least, is Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who has three goals, 21 assists, good for 24 points in 26 games. Now, Nolan, just something quickly I wanted to say about Nuge. A lot of people laughing, like, oh, like he's only got three goals. Well, you know, he's got 24 points, and he's the third leading scorer on the team. When you're comparing that to... You know, a lot of the other teams that we've talked about, just kind of the reference points that we have here, Matthew Kachuk's third on his team with 23. Um, Sonny Milano's third on his team with 20. So to have Nuge there at 24 is more than respectable and is very, very good stuff. He's doing very important things and is a nice piece on the power play. We love you, Nuge. Keep Nuge forever. The leading D scores. This is a tie as well. I'm not just pumping the Oilers tires and talking about more players. It is a legitimate tie. It is between none other than the Dentine daddy, Evan Bouchard, and Tysonbury, both who are at 15 points. But let's play a little bit of a game here, Nolan. Um, Evan has four goals and 11 assists in 26 games played, and Tyson has three goals and 12 assists in 26 games played. Um, here's the game, Nolan. One of them is plus five, and the other is minus five. Who is who? Oh, I know exactly who's plus five and who's minus five. It would be Evan Bouchard is a plus five. Absolutely, it is, Nolan. Correct. You get a gold star. It will be on your next report card for your parent-teacher interviews. Uh, on the back end here, or the blue line, the blue crease, whatever the fuck you want to call it, Miko Koskinen, 17 games played, 
Uh, he's 12 and five with a 0.907 save percentage and a 3.05 goals against average. Save percentage is pretty good. Goals against average is uh, is a little higher than a guy would like for it to be. But you know what? At the end of the day, we know what we're getting with Miko Koskinen. And the bigger issue here is puck control and timeliness of goals and uh, first shot, first goal games, which happen more than we'd like to admit. Edmonton Oilers, Nolan. We talk about them multiple times a week. What say you now in the State of the Union? I'm so... I can't talk Oilers right now, Miles. I just I've become so I'm I'm still so mad. Like I, I I'm still so drained and dead and I need them I need them to please win. Please win. Please, please, please be the Leafs. I can't I, I don't have it in my soul to deal with another loss. Please. Um yeah. Still think they're gonna make the playoffs. Um I'm cautious though. I'm cautious. I'm sad. Well, don't be sad. Be happy because the next team you get to talk about is uh, glitzy, glamoury, and and cool. Golden. The Vegas Golden uh, Knights. With a 16-11-0 record for 32 points, fourth in the division. I, bl- I believe that puts them in a wild card spot right now. Uh, the uh, newly, uh, the new owners, oh, I shouldn't say owners, of Jack Eichel. Uh, and and a, a, a shitload of cap problems, but luckily, currently leading the team in scoring it at, from the forward group is Chandler Stevenson. Somehow this guy is carving out a role as a top six forward, and I do not understand why, but Miles has in here, go Pats, go. I did not realize Chandler Stevenson was a former Regina Pat. This is news to me. Oh, baby, yeah, was he? he was a staple on the Patricias. That's really cool. Uh, nine goals, 17 assists for 26 points in 26 games played. Riley Smith right behind him with 10 goals, 10 assists for 20 points in 27 games. And chugging along back there, coming back from some injuries, looking old as he usually does, even though he's only like 29 years old, Mark Stone with four goals, 15 assists for 19 points in 15 games played. And like I mentioned, this team is getting Jack Eichel uh, fairly soon, I would say probably in about a month or two, which is very concerning. And leading their defensive core, you've got Alex Petrangelo with five goals, 14 assists for 19 points and 27 games played. Must I remind you that he is behind Evan Bouchard in five on five scoring? So suck it, Alex. And in between the pipes, Robin Leonard with 21 games played with an 11-9-0 record, a 9-0-4 save percentage, and a 3.15 GAA. I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that Vegas has been giving up like high danger chances pretty much all season so far, and a lot of that's but a lot of that's been due to injury. So I don't pin a lot of that on Robin Leonard, but not the numbers you want to see, especially after you traded the reigning Vesna winner last year. What did it say about the Vegas Golden Knights, Miles? Um. I love Mark Stone. I like love Mark Stone like a lot. Eh? So to see him putting up points in the limited games that he's had this season is very, very sick. Um, I like Vegas. I think Vegas is always dangerous. Your point about Leonard and the high danger scoring chances is is hitting the nail on the head. Leonard's also like a guy who doesn't really like wow you with numbers. He's more of like a of, of a game stealer in the sense that he's never going to you know, lead the league necessarily in, in statistical categories, but he's going to make those massive saves that count exactly when you need them and, and swing momentum and different things like that. Just 
throughout his career, that's kind of what he's done, in my opinion. So not worried about Leonard, not really worried about this team, like worried about them as a divisional opponent, especially with Eichel coming back. Um, but I certainly think Vegas makes the playoffs. And I, I, I think that they're, they're a very good hockey team that had a, a bit of bad luck, but they'll certainly uh, get back to where they need to be in this division. Nolan, can I talk about another bit of a surpriser? Yes. The San Jose Sharks, fifth in the Pacific Division, with a 15, 12, and 1 record. They have 31 points. Their leading scorer is none other than Timo Meyer, who has 11 goals, 17 assists, 28 points in 23 games, which is damn impressive. Uh, Logan Couture, who has 8 goals, 16 assists, 24 points in 27 games. And Tomas Hertel, who has 14 goals, 6 assists, uh, 20 points in 28 games. Their leading defensive scorer is Sir Eric Carlson, who has eight goals, 10 assists for 18 points in 22 games. Welcome back, King. We love it. Uh, their goalie tandem is none other than Jamison Reimer and Aiden Hill, both new to the team this year uh, and both playing in 15 contests for the Sharks. Hill is 6-8-0 with a .903 save percentage and 2.82 goals against average. And uh, James Reimer is 9-4-1 with a .937 save percentage and a 2.03 goals against average. Reimer's numbers, really, really good. So that's been a nice surprise for the Sharks. They're definitely overperforming what I think a lot of people had them at in the, in the, in the NHL this year. But I don't know if they're as much overperforming or if they're actually just hitting the potential that they've kind of always had. Because the last season where they were kind of poopy, uh, I think was them, you know, a combination of a few things. But part of it was them under underperforming as a team. So they might be right uh, right in the wheelhouse of where, where they are as an older group, as a veteran-led group. So good on the Sharks, playing some entertaining hockey, um, giving the, the folks in Silicon Valley something to, something to talk about. Yeah, I, I don't know if I see these guys um, living up to this record right now. I think it's a, it's a little, as the, kid would, as the kids would say, sus. Um, because... I just I don't know if I totally see guys like Brent Burns and Mark Edward Vlasic holding up for the rest of the season. I don't know if I see Logan Couture staying as good or you know playing as well as he's playing for the rest of the season. I just I just don't quite like I I can't quite grasp that. I think they're going to actually revert into the San Jose Sharks pretty shortly here, and we're going to see them kind of go on a little bit of a tailspin. Um, I do like seeing James Reimer being good because James Reimer just fucking rocks i've told i've obviously talked about my lover eric carlson before um it was funny uh, i can't remember where i was um but um i think it was on sports center or sorry not on sports center i think it was actually on the hockey night in canada broadcast on saturday night and they showed the clip of eric carlson sending the pass up to mike hoffman in that game against boston and um like I, I, I like I've said this multiple times, but um, that 2017 Eric Carlson playoff reel is like literal porn to me. Like people have like different categories they go to and like different things that they like. And I'll honestly just sit in my room with like a tube sock around my around my hey ho and watching Eric Carlson highlights. Um, I'll never kink shame you, but that is a weird thing to admit on a podcast. <laughs> but you do you, as the kids say. Thank you. Uh, now, a team that I think is going to probably challenge for that spot that they're currently in at this moment, the Los Angeles Kings, or the Los, Los Angeles Kings. 12-10-4 record for 28 points in the division, or 6th in the division, leading scorer Anze Kopitar, 
just continuing to be Anze Kopitar with eight goals, 16 assists for 24 points in 26 games played. Adrian Kempe with 11 goals, 5 assists, 16 points in 26 games played. Adrian. <laughs> and Alex Ayafalo with 9 goals, 7 assists for 16 points in 26 games. Um, A little, a little not great on the depth scoring behind Anze Kopitar, but what can you do? And Drew Doughty leading the defensive core with two goals, 10 assists for 12 points in 10 games played. He was out with an injury for quite a while. With that being said, the, I mean, you can't not talk about Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson. Uh, 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 Jonathan Quick has played 15 games, has a 7-5-3 record with a 2.04 GAA, 9.33 save percentage, and two shutouts. And Cal Peterson, 11 games played, 5-5-1 record with a 3.10 GAA and a .893 save percentage. It would be so funny if they signed Cal Peterson to this extension only for Jonathan Quick to reclaim the seat as the presumptive starter, and then they sign him to a 10-year contract. Um, I definitely don't... Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I think Cal Peterson is going to be taking over the reins here. That was one of my hot takes at the start of the season that I don't think is is all that hot, but right now has a guy second-guessing. Um, we saw it in the game against the Oilers. These guys are pricks to play against, like when they have their systems down. Um, Todd McClellan has them play like a pretty mean trap game that they can say what's up hello uh, that they do a pretty good job of so uh, yeah Kings I don't know if they're a playoff team not I don't know they're not a playoff team in my opinion um, but they they're pricks to play against and, and they're going to make things interesting in this specific division as as the playoff race heats up they're certainly not a, a guaranteed W that's for sure yeah I, I, I like I like I like the Kings. I like the Kings. I think they're gonna be pretty good. Um okay. Miles, I, I must I must say must say hold 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 on one second. Oh no, he has a prop. <laughs> oh my lord. I think I found it down here. It's the remnants of the Vancouver Canucks, everybody. They've got a four. They've got a four and a record in their last four. Bruce Boudreau hasn't hasn't dropped the game yet. Oh my God, Miles, could this be the rise? Could this be the return of the Vancouver Canucks from the dead, from the ashes? There's a thing, a quote that my dad li- likes to say, uh, and it's they're so far behind they think they're ahead, and I think that that is exactly what is going on in Vancouver. They are so far behind, so so beaten down as a franchise that now that they're getting a little bit of a taste of victory, it's going straight to their heads. Let's look at the Vancouver Canucks, Nolan, who are 12, 15, and 2, 26 points, as you mentioned, winners of the last four games. Their leading scorer is none other than JT Miller, 9 goals, 19 assists, 28 points in 29 games played. Connor Garland, second on the team, 9 goals, 12 assists, 21 points in 29 games played. And Chris his favorite player, Steak and Bacon, loves Bo Horvath for some odd reason. Uh, seven goals, nine assists, 16 points in 29 games played. Um, just, it has to be said, Nolan, Chris has asked us multiple times, would you rather have Bo Horvath or Sidney Crosby right now? And I think that that's like the best, that's a, the, the best question. I think, Chris, every time that we get into that argument in the group chat, because it's, it's, it's like all time, my favorite thing to talk about. Um, Leading scorer on the back end for this team uh, and second on the team in points is 
And this hurts to say. Quinn Hughes, who has two goals, 20 assists, and 22 points in 28 games played. He's a plus six. Uh, backstopping this team is just an absolute stallion of a human being. Thatcher Demko, another American goalie for those keeping track at home. 12 wins, 11 losses, one assist. Uh, so that means that uh, all of this team's wins have come with him uh, between the pipes. 2.66 goals against average and a .917 save percentage with one shutout. Um, numbers aren't like fantastic. The save percentage is really good, uh, but just speaks volumes for for what he's able to do with the way that this team was playing in front of him for a large portion of this of the beginning of the season. So, like, I love Thatcher Demko. The the hatred that I have for the majority of the Vancouver Canucks is almost null when I compare it to the love and admiration I have for Thatcher Demko. I, I'm still really concerned about Elias Pettersson because I, I feel like even despite the coaching hire that I, I still haven't heard too much about him actually kind of pulling it together. Um, Dude, Bro- Brock Besser too. You're supposed yeah. to be your, your golden boy, your Prince Charming, your goal scorer. Where are you? And I'm so sorry that I can't pot 35 in a season. Uh, yeah, I think that they're a little too far gone at this point. Now it could take one of these other teams in the two or three spot. Hopefully it's not the team in the three spot going on a complete free falling, uh, because this team like does have some talent on, 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 on their squad. And I mean, you could very well see, uh, the NHL's first star of the week, Thatcher Demko, going on a complete and absolute bananas run to close up the season, possibly take home a Vesna and shoot the Canucks into a playoff spot. I don't totally see it, but it's definitely a possibility. Um, do you have anything else you want to say on the Canucks, or can we move on to the eighth, the eighth team in this division? One quick thing, Nolan. Shout out Floor Pie, Alex. Big fan of you. Not a big fan of your team. I like love the meme of like the Canucks are never going to lose again. Bruce, there it is. Um, the Canucks, the, the famous Sportsnet clip, the Canucks are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. They're going to do what the Canucks do. I'm not worried about it. Last team in the division, Nolan. Go ahead. The Seattle Kraken. It's so cool to say that they, it's so cool to call these guys a part of a state of the union. Uh, the Seattle Kraken have a 9 15 and 3 record for 21 points in the division, eighth place. And um, I mean, they were really, really, really stinky to close the, or to, to open up the season, and they're kind of starting to find their footing a little bit. Uh, their leading scorer, Jaden Schwartz, has six goals, 13 assists for 19 points in 25 games. Jordan Eberle. Uh, 12 goals, Go 12 goals, 6 assists for 18 points in 25 games. And Jared McCann with 11 goals, 5 assists for 16 points in 22 games played. Um, I mean, forward group is finally starting to score. It looks like they're finally starting to cash in on chances. And we'll see how they kind of come along. It's really tough. to it, Honestly, it's really tough to say for a lot of these teams because a lot of them have been putting together really nice underlying numbers and they're starting to kind of bring it together now and it's kind of starting to translate into win so it really all depends on the situation and leading their decor is Vince Dunn with three goals eight assists for 11 points in 25 games played he is a minus 12 that is no bueno my friends and kind of surprising actually you'd think that like Mark Giordano would be leading like maybe leading the team in scoring and 
the story of the season so far for the Seattle Kraken has been Philip Grubauer. Seven wins, 11 losses, open 24-7. Uh, three overtime losses, 88... <laughs> an 8.84 save percentage, and a 3.25 GAA. This team arguably has one of the most expensive... Well, I shouldn't say arguably, has one of the most expensive goaltending tandems in the NHL, and they have one of the worst... So, could this team be being held back by goaltending, or is it maybe just now this team is starting starting to finally cash in on chances? It's tough to say, but I I, I think that this is a good year to just take a step back and rebuild. Try and get your hands on Shane Wright and pair him with Matty Berniers, and that could be a disgusting center core for the next decade. Um cool stuff they're doing in Seattle. I, I'm not worried about Grubauer. Grubauer's a good goaltender. I wouldn't pay too much attention to what he's currently dealing with, and I think that the bounce back will be better than what's going on here. Shout out Grubauer. Shout out uh, to the Kraken. Keep doing your thing. Nolan! Yes? That would be the end of the State of the Union. We made it. In a normal State of the Union. But this is the State of the Union 2, Season 2, third one overall. And we've gone into overdrive. So I'm here with the given... uh, Moodles and the End Dog here. <laughs> What's up, dude? Uh, so generally speaking, we we not generally speaking, objectively speaking, we've thrown a lot of numbers at you here today, folks. And what the fuck does it all mean because there's a lot of stuff that you got to do there with all these numbers you know are these guys good are these are these guys bad like where are they kind of there as a team and we've decided to give you a little bit of overall statistics in the nhl uh individually and as a team to help you better understand where some of these teams are in the uh landscape of the nhl overall and we're gonna kick it off right with what people care about most in the game uh they don't ask how they ask how many we're talking about points tied for number one in the nhl with 45 points is leon dreisaitl and Connor mcdavid omg good for you guys doing good stuff so even when the dark when it's darkest before the dawn nolan and the the oilers are embarrassing us and hurting our feelings we do have two very good hockey players that we are very lucky to watch play on our favorite team miles this embarrasses me even more though that's the problem just fucking let me can i (laughs) sorry i'm angry too i'm just um you're you're a nice dad i'm a mean dad uh nipping at connor and leon's heels is uh, none other than the Russian man himself, Alexander Ovechkin, who has 44 points. Stud. Third in the NHL, Nazem Kadri, 34 points. And fourth, fifth, however the heck you want to call it, is a number of guys here. Artemi Panarin, uh, Kirill Kaprizov, Steven Stamko, Sebastian Ajo, and ugly Kyle Connor uh, are all tied at 32 just behind them. So that is your points landscape in the NHL. Um, Miles, should we should should we bring up the Ovi uh uh the 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 tweet about Ovi that I sent you? Um, pop. Yes, about how apparently Ovi like it's confirmed that Ovi actually drinks Pepsi out of his Gatorade bottle. That's so sick. Uh, I did some some research and I found a really good picture for the Palooza for the next Capitals game, and it it might have to do with with Ovechkin and Pop. 
Ovechkin, you got to start drinking some Barks root beer, though, buddy. Yeah, apparently he likes Dr. Pepper in the dressing room, Pepsi on the bench, but yeah, mixing a <laughs> mixing a Barks every now and again, it's it's got a lot of bite. That's that's what they tell me. That's what they tell me. Uh, Miles, would you li- would you like me to talk about the goal, the leading goal scorers in the NHL? Yes, Nolan. Please talk about the twine, uh, twine, twanglers of the NHL. So, um, so as so as the daddy who's punishing all of his, uh, um, all of his. Uh, okay, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl with 23 goals in first place, leading the Rocket Richard race and nipping at his heels is none other than Alexander Ovechkin with 22 goals. I should also mention he is 36 years old. Holy smokes. And third, Austin Matthews and Kyle Connor tied with 18 goals apiece. And all the way down at fourth, I mean, they're one goal behind, Chris Kreider, Andrew Mangiapane, and Troy Terry with 17 goals each. It's really surprising to see Chris Kreider down there, and I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that he's on the power play and he's just bombing all these in right in the crease, getting in all the dirty areas. It's really nice to see. I'm, I'm really happy to see that Chris Kreider is finally starting to break out, even if he's like 32 years old. I know he's not that, <laughs> that The blessings of playing with Panarin. You see the goals that Kreider has, and you can basically just draw the line right across to, to Artemi, just feeding him. Um, a good boy Artemi is. We love the Rangers. We love Panarin. We love to see it. Plus minus is Nolan. I like to talk about this one. This comes up quite a bit. Um, we're not going to be talking about the green jacket race because we are only rewarding winners here at one for one. Leading NHL with 20 as their plus minus is none other than Ryan Hartman and Elias Lindholm, the Flame and Wild players uh, doing big things. Um, we have in second spot a tie between just a number of folks. And some of these names are surprising. Some of them are even more surprising. Uh, all tied at 19, Devon Taves from your uh, uh, Colorado Avalanche, Aaron Ekblad and Mackenzie Weger, both from your Florida Panthers, and Nick Jensen and Alexander Ovechkin from your Washington Capitals, all tied at 19. Crazy that Ovi is like completely like 180'd his career. Do you remember when he would score like, 50 goals and be like a dash 20. And now he's out here just getting 44 points and being a plus player. Like awesome. It's sick. So good for him. So good for him. And all alone in third place for plus minus is another capitals player, Dmitry Orlov, who is at 18. Um, It got pretty convoluted down at 17, the number of guys that were tied. So I figured that this was sufficient and just kind of gave you gave you the the top leaders there that's more than five you can take it or leave it but this is the plus minus race generally you're going to see the better teams having a number of players up here and the worst teams uh being at the bottom of this race with with some of their defensemen and some of their um less defensively inclined forwards but uh, ultimately it's it's a nice uh test litmus test to see who is playing the best two-way hockey one of the most surprising parts about the plus minus list is Devon Taves. Do you know how many games Devon Taves has played? 30? 16. Oof. And he's got a plus 19. That's Damn, insane. That's yeah. That's awesome. And points wise, he's got 20 points in 16 games. Like, like, I mean, I shouldn't say that he's like underrated or like, 
sort of oh he i mean dude he's uh, he's yeah. underrated yeah he's completely underrated yeah like he's he's stupid good and it's really cool to see and it just makes me sad that colorado got him for literally two second round picks Fuck. all people want to all people want to talk about is kale mccarr and bowen byram but devon taves is out here just being the elmers to this team holding them together as the glue piece and now he's in covid protocol unfortunately <laughs> We love you, Devon. Get better. Uh, Nolan wins. Oh, God. Come on. Uh, Cam Talbot leading the league with 15 wins. <laughs> and in second place, Jack Campbell tied with Andre Vasilevsky and Frederick Anderson. So a couple of ghosts of Toronto past with 14 wins. Tied and then tied in third place with 13 wins apiece. Igor Shesturkin, UC Saros. And finally, in fourth place, I think just kind of by association, Darcy Kemper somehow has 12 wins, even though he's been really bad. Mikko Koskinen, Thatcher Demko, Tristan Jari, and Sergei Bobrovsky all tied with 12 wins apiece. Um, makes me really sad to see Cam Talbot leading the league, but also makes me happy because I still love Cam Talbot. Um, I still lo- I still miss him and uh, Kelly and their beautiful children. And when we called him Dadbutt, and it was awesome, and he was great, and it was awesome, and it makes me want to cry. Yeah, that was uh... – thanks, Peter. Uh, Shoutouts. Uh, this will be nice and short and sweet. We talked about him already here. Jakob Markstrom uh, leading the league with five. Uh, a tie in second here, a number of guys with three. Jack Campbell, better known as Soup, Tristan Jari, uh, Sorokin, and Simsonov, all tied with three shutouts. After that, again, very, very convoluted. You thought it was bad with plus minus. It gets even worse with shutouts because I think pretty much every goalie has two. Um, not every goalie, not Koskin or not Skinner. Uh, anyway, that is it for shootouts. Nolan, may I quickly move into the power play percentages? Because I think that they're interesting and fun to talk about. Oh, yeah, it's very interesting. I'm so very excited. So fired up to talk about the power play percentage. So Oilers are first in terms of power play. This is no surprise. Um, what is a surprise is that they've gone from like 50.8 all the way down to 31.7, which is still like very good. Tops in the league. Awesome. All that. And, and, ever, and a bag of chips, uh, but considering they went one for 19 in their past few power plays um, that we were talking about earlier, not very good. Second in the NHL is the Toronto Maple Leafs, 30.5% on the power play. The St. Louis Blues take third at 29.5%. Dallas Stars, fourth at 27.1%. And the Anaheim Ducks, fifth at 25.3%. These are the five teams you do not want to take penalties against because they are very good at scoring on the man advantage good for them the complete opposite nolan is penalty kills the pittsburgh penguins have been lights out penalty killing because they are they're they're killing at a clip of 92 percent 92.42 to be exact the carolina hurricanes are behind them with a flat 88 percent in third place the anaheim ducks with 86.67 percent Fourth place, what's probably keeping actually these two teams afloat in Anaheim and San Jose with having an 86.11%. And in fifth place, the Calgary Flames with an 85.71%. Um, I do see both of those. You tend to see those from like younger sort of 
like not very good teams is if they rely on their special teams, cough, cough, the Oilers of Oilers past and even the Oilers of the season. Um, they are they, like, they, they are killing at an incredible rate right now. And that naturally should probably see a bit of a regression. Um, but impressive nonetheless. Speaking of impressive, Nolan, next up, we are going to be talking about goal differential. Now, this is a statistic that I don't really like to, you know, put a whole lot of bearing on uh, just because like some of these teams will, you know, run away and and win like 6-1 and different things like that. And then, you know, they'll lose games um, 2-3 or something like that, right? Like when they're hot, they're absolutely potting it and that leads to goal differential. So I wouldn't necessarily say this is a, a telltale sign, but it is also... Uh, kind of true as for, you know, which of these teams is playing just kind of lights out. So you be the judge of, of what you, you get to hear here. Goal differential, the good side of it all. Carolina Hurricanes have the best one in the league. They are a plus 27. Florida and Washington are tied at plus 26 for second place. The Avalanche and the Flames tie for third at 25. Just behind them is the Minnesota Wild at 24. And then this is where it drops off significantly because we've been 27, 26, 25, 24. The Toronto Maple Leafs have fifth uh, fifth spot all on their own at a plus 18. And on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really. I don't know if I have much to if if, if I have much to add about the goal differentials um, at the very top. I mean, F- Florida being damn near the top and the Flames being damn near the top are not surprising by any means. They've they both been a couple of teams that have been getting some really great five on five scoring up and down the lineup. But there's a couple teams that are not so good. Miles, I mean. And that's and that is uh, that's being nice. And for this one, I actually want to start not from number one, but I want to start in in fifth place. And this is fifth from the bottom because I will go to the bottom. I will go to the bottom of the toilet bowl. So in fifth place, we have the Philadelphia Flyers with a minus twenty three. Yikes! You don't like that. In fourth place, we've got a tie. Between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Buffalo Sabres with a minus 24. Creeping up ahead of them, the Ottawa Senators with a minus 26. Wow, okay, these, these guys are actually not looking too bad. In second place, oh, oh dear God, the Montreal Canadiens with a minus 40. Oh! And at number one... It can't get, it can't get worse than minus 40, Nolan. At number one, Miles. Oh my heavens. The Arizona Coyotes with a minus 53. <laughs> no, stop. This is a family program. You can't. Which which means that the Arizona Coyotes, they've played 27 games. Okay. Okay. Three, seven, six. They are on pace to be a minus 160 team this year. Oh, 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 oh god i wish they were still in our division i would love to see this more than anything i love when bad teams are cataclysmic cataclysmically bad i don't know if we talked about or i don't know how how jacob chikrin's numbers of or how how his uh how oh he's he, like minus 26 he's getting beat he's a minus 29 oh my oh. heavens <laughs> uh good thing you got to do that photo shoot in the desert jacob Good thing you're a good-looking dude. Oh, my goodness. They just announced the lines for tonight. For the Oilers? Yep. 
Fogel, McDavid, Pooley, Holy fucking shit, let's go. Nuge, Dreisaitl, Yamo, Sevier, Ryan, Cassian, Benson, Shore, Turris. I'm not mad about that, man. I really like that top line. I'm, like that's I'm really, I'm excited to see Fogel. That's gonna be fun, especially. Yeah, man, it's gonna be fun, it, and now it's gonna start the conversation because David Tippett will be out tonight. Dave Tippett's out tonight. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. Close contact. Yep. Shit, boy. Uh, Nolan, that might actually be the best segue that we've had on this show, because the next question that I have for you uh, has to do with this week's agenda. Obviously, they have a game against Toronto Maple Leafs tonight at December 14th. They play the Blue Jackets Thursday, December 16th, and they play Seattle Saturday, December 16th. Three games this week, Nolan. What say you regarding the record? Are you ready to hate me? I, I, I am. I'm, I'm going to redo that. Are you ready to hate me? Yes. I have the Edmonton Oilers going three zero this week. <laughs> did you did you have to turn the headlamp on so that I could see the light at the end of the tunnel? Um, I think so. I I think I'm gonna. I think I'm just gonna try and keep positive. This is this is what I would call my own version of the happy light because I can actually like, like 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 you know that thing that the people use for like seasonal depression. It's like that 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 light. Yeah, yeah. It's like my version because I can like point it down at my eyes like this, and this is me trying to be happy and trying to say, hey, the Oilers could actually maybe win this week. And then if they don't, if they don't win tonight, um, then you can throw this on old takes exposed and we can put it all over the Instagram. <laughs> um, oh, I don't think that you're crazy. Blinding. Yeah. I was going to say, cause you, I don't think you're a reader. Nolan, is that for reading hustler mags and uh, this is for uh, hard work and I will have, you know, um, cause I'm a real, uh, hard working laborman. Uh, that's why, that's why they have me on the union on, on the state of the union, because like I mentioned, the union fees are due. I've got some, I've got some labor meetings. I have to, I have to take care of, or sorry, union meetings, not labor meetings. Fuck. I am. This bit is, I'm, I don't know where I'm going with this bit. Well, you can go straight to the labor board, Nolan, because I think that the Oilers are going to go two and one this week. And I'm looking forward to seeing if I'm right or wrong because Oilers hockey is back, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, nothing can be worse than last week. I sure hope. Miles, would you like to know what time we are at right now? For this episode? Yeah. Three, we're over three. No, we're actually 2.53. 2.53. Well, perfect. I don't want to keep things much longer then. Let's keep it under three so that people don't get absolutely terrified when they see this in They'll the library. They'll be like, oh, is this a spit and chicklets episode? It's fucking five hours long. Yeah, you know, just delivering vodka to people's yeah, houses. Yeah, and yeah, 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 she fucking saw my wrench. <laughs> uh, sorry, go on. We're, um, we're, we're, not, we're not much better after the Yu-Gi-Oh story. Um... Nolan, anything else you want to say or can I do the wrap-up? Take it away. As always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us on this Season 2, Episode 13, 14, 14 13. of the 13 of the One for One podcast. I don't know what I'm doing. We've been talking for three hours. Nothing makes sense anymore. 
Thanks for participating in the Pickapalooza. If you're not already following us on Instagram or Twitter, please do so. Tell your friends, share our stuff, uh, keep playing, keep doing your thing. We love everyone that is helping us out by listening and, and sharing and everything like that. So thank you all. You are the best, but not as good as Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl because as always, Nolan, go Oilers go. Go Oilers go.